Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast contains coarse language, strong thematic themes, talk of history and context, terrible imitations of Hollywood figures, and an unbashed love of Hollywood's golden age. It also contains the ramblings of an unstable dork who has too much time on his hands. Listener discretion is advised. And now, on with the program. Okay, Zach, you're on the air. Yesteryear, Ballyhoo, Review. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review. Many great sights await inside the picture palace of the past, and we have plenty of ways to talk about the things inside. So hurry and get your seats. Tonight, the Ballyhoo has got out of its goddamn mind with the help of Hollywood's mightiest icon. There's no summarizing in brief the madness we have undergone and that you soon will be privy to. There is no single word to describe the matter, only many. Zany, madcap unabashed, extravagant, confusing, and altogether phantasmagorical. And to think it all took a zeppelin over the city skyline to create such energy from a middling plot. That, of course, happens when you are Cecil B. DeMille, and that is, of course, what you get from his 1930 musical extravaganza, Madam Satan. So see the show and stay behind for a discussion to delight the earbuds. You came here to spy on me and got caught in your own trap. Oh, oh, how can he like you? <laughs> That's my secret. Nothing secret about you. You're common and cheap. <laughs> oh, no, dearie. You're all wrong. I'm uncommonly expensive. You're just sore because you couldn't hold him. I wouldn't use your method. You would if you could, but you don't know how. I admit it. I'd give my life to make a home for it. That's not a home. It's a nice plan. Oh, you wives give me a pain. I've heard a lot of that hooey about bought kisses. Yours are the kisses that are bought. Bought with a stylish wedding and a big empty house. Something for nothing. That's the marriage game. What do you give him? What do I give him? I laugh when he does. I drink when he does. I give him a towel with lips to kiss and shoulders to hug. I give him a dream made out of perfume and soft light. I jazz all the dullness out of his soul for him. If I believed you, I'd thrown away my whole life. You didn't throw it away. You put it in a safe deposit box. And now, you've lost the key. I've tried not to lose my ideals. Oh, I get along without him. Why, of course you do. All you've got is a... Is a body made out of flesh and blood. Is that what you mean? Well, I'm not ashamed of it. It got me where I am today. All right. I'll be flesh and blood, too. What? Can that mother husband? Oh, you've got a lot to learn. So have you. You'll learn that men like to win from decent. You'll learn not to laugh at good women. Some of us have more feeling in our little finger than you have in your whole body. But we're afraid. You've got reason to be. Now, I'm not afraid any longer. I'll get my husband back from you. Try and do it. All right, I will. You made him sick of virtue. I'll make him so Sick of vice, he'll scream for decency. I'll give him perfume and jazz until his head reels. He wants some hot, does he? 
All right, I'll give him a volcano. They'll have to call out the whole fire department to put me out. Now that you've seen the show, we will get to the talk of the day. Yes, in 1930, Cecil B. DeMille was in the midst of his MGM salvation when it was proposed by the Upper Brass that he engage in a musical. Though it would be his only one, DeMille bafflingly shows that he is unique in his approach to the genre. When failure in dollars comes to mind, it doesn't matter because it has become a success in the minds of those who adore campiness, galore, and overt bombacity when pondering the subject of Golden Age Hollywood. People cannot get enough of this film in Twitter, Facebook, and any kind of pre-code fan site that you can imagine. But just what can we learn? from Madam Satan, and how do we see its influence in the world of today? To answer this impossible question, we need the return of a dynamic duo who have already tackled the subjects of black lagoon creatures and spoiled brats at the turn of a century America, while simultaneously recording their musings about influential and important cinema with required viewing with Aaron and Chloe. Today, though, they shall have to answer many questions, the biggest one uh, being, can you ever go back to a normal life after experiencing Madam Satan? Please welcome back to the show Aaron Malay and Chloe Riggs. Hello. Dude, you sold me a false bag of goods. Yeah, you, 
I have a, I have a fucking thing? problem. What? I did you not. You told me, you were like, okay, girls, let's watch a movie called Madam Satan. So I opened this movie. I'm like, there's going to be Satan. Satan is going to be involved. I said nothing. Where is I, Satan? Also, Where is the Satan? There's a Madam Satan. There is a Madam Satan, but she is neither a Madam nor a Satan. Also, though, you also did not mention anything about it being a musical. You did not. Why? Surprise. Why? <laughs> I think that was probably a hate. Did you surprise. know that Chloe doesn't like musicals? Mm. I'm very, very particular about my musicals. I, you are. I, it's not that I, I love musicals, but I do like to know when I'm just going to be thrust into high soprano singing for an hour and a half. But that's the thing is once it does happen, you're in it. It's like, yeah, you're just like ready to go. No, for real. Answer yourself. Being a theater (laughs) kid, I always imagined that if I just told you it, you might get picky. But if you're just surprised. You explained (laughs) it to me by saying being a theater kid. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I got into it by the f- like third song. I was there. Well, yeah. Once I knew, especially of the era, you're like, okay, I'm into. They're gonna pro- they're probably gonna do some singing. I'm gonna be real honest. I started living for the costumes in this movie pretty wow. fast. Of course you did. Yeah. They were fucking fabulous. If and I it did, it, did slightly make up for the lack of Satan. We took turns watching this movie separately, and I did get a text message. From you specifically about I was, like, I was like, oh, I, can't I wish wait. It, I specifically the text message said, I wish this movie was in color because the costumes mm. are spectacular. Yes. And I would love said. to have seen the colors of these costumes. Yeah. But even in black and white, it's stunning. Oh, that yeah. That was the text I sent. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. a maddening piece of cinema. And any. It made su- no sense. Any support. <laughs> Why do you throw movies at me that make no sense? Because yeah, like, why are we the ones? No are we sense. Your Amberson's made sense comparatively. <clears throat> Creature from the Black Lagoon makes sense. Okay, well, that one did make sense. Ladies Arsenic and Old in, Lace makes ladies sense. Ladies in yes. Peril is what I'm getting. This movie made no sense. <laughs> I have more opinions. Get into it. Yo, I'm gonna let you yeah, know. I was like, there's as some we get into I it, I'm gonna. I, I have certain opinions I, on certain. Much scenes. like on our podcast, required viewing. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's how she starts. Get interview. the one plug in <laughs> to no she, others. This is how she introduces it to people in person these days. <laughs> required viewing. Yeah, that's what she does. She's masterpiece like, theater. Yeah, yeah. James Mason. <laughs> Essentially, I took notes and I'm prepared. When the forum opens up, we are ready. Yeah. You, 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 I, I, so a, a full disclosure to the audience. This is their first time having seen it. I found this film a year ago, thanks to Adam Roach's Secret History of Hollywood Film Club. And we watched this film in Film Club, and my brain literally altered itself shifted itself in a way that I wasn't expecting because the first 50 minutes of this movie do not suggest what comes in the last 50 minutes. Correct. Yeah, that's This movie sure. takes a fucking turn. This this movie has a bizarre identity crisis that I wouldn't trade for any in the world. It is it is a it is a maddening work by a director that has such a a, a palatable influence over pop culture and Hollywood lore in general that if you were to tell somebody about this film and try to describe it, I think they would tell you there's no way Cecil B. DeMille 
made a musical with that kind of a crisis about it. But when you learn more about Cecil B. DeMille, it actually kind of makes some sense. <laughs> um, all right, lay it on us. Okay, well, first of all, like let, let people know what's going on in the required viewing world. We don't want to jump right into the madness yet. Lure oh, okay. I was, Lure I know. I was This is the right drawing in. room, and then we'll get into the, the, oh, the batshit okay. insanity. All right, what we're having happening? pre-dinner brandies is what we're having. Okay. <laughs> I see what's happening. Okay. I mean, uh, we're currently, as we record this episode of Ballyhoo, we are, we have started recording our uh, spooktacular Octoberness. Uh, we are in season four and are doing our Merry Movie Miss end of the year spectacular. So, oh, yeah. Damn right you are. Uh, it's a really fun celebration of all the holidays. I feel all of them. I feel advantageous <laughs> because I've been uh, privy to a lot of these recordings personally, and to to listen to the tease of what Merry Movie Miss is going to be as as early as today, uh, I think your audience is going to be in for quite a treat. I'm really excited. We I've got I'm a lot stoked. to talk we about. We talked about this pretty early. <laughs> yeah, no, I honestly mm-hmm. I've been gearing up for October, November, and December since we started this in January. Mm-hmm. Like I've been thinking of the last half of the year. There's well, so many movies we haven't watched specifically too, in order to save it for the, you know, the episodes that are ongoing or upcoming. And honestly, just to like take a podcast moment um the show as most shows is kind of in its infancy mm-hmm. and evolving and growing and we're watching like when i had the idea of this podcast i had the first year mapped out in my mind mm-hmm. but now we're into new uncharted territories and we're having more of a specific like idea in mind Mm -hmm. in movies with a discussion in mind yeah and i think that we mentioned it on our creature from the black lagoon episode but next year we're going to start the year with a season we're calling past to get cast and we're going to talk about certain filmmakers and actors and actresses who had to pass in hollywood in the golden era specifically Hmm. as white to get cast in movies who Mm -hmm. were not white, like Rita Hayworth. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Carol Channing. Mm -hmm. Yep. There are people out there who did things to make themselves look more passable. So we're going to talk about those people and their movies and shine a spotlight on that. And then we've got some other we're going to probably do book adaptations next year we've got we've got we're talking to all sorts of crazy awesome cool guests oh yeah we've got professors and filmmakers and all sorts of people who've reached out and wanted to be a part of the show so we're really oh yeah we're having a musician come on really soon we're doing a bonus rock episode that i don't mind telling people about right now we're gonna watch airheads and (laughs) i love that did we decide High Fidelity and Empire no, Records, right? Empire Records, yeah, Empire yeah. Records and uh, Airheads. Did you want to switch to High Fidelity? No, we said Empire Records. We said Empire we Records, but I'm down with either. Both those movies are really great. Wonderful treats of cinema. Yeah, regardless. for sure. Yeah. So Hit the music culture just the right way. The, there's I'm been for that bonus episode. more and more interest, and the snowball is getting larger, and mm-hmm. we're pretty excited about it. We're looking forward to the next year two years we're, talking we're about doing our first like round table with the spookiest of the spooky yeah no we might yeah we're talking about all sorts of stuff so yeah There's go so check out plans. the required viewing podcast on spotify and all that other stuff we also have i don't know if we mentioned it on 
the last episode we were on, but our uh, merch store is oh. up and our website is up. We finally, did we did mention. Um, so, yeah, you can check out all of our stuff. We have we legitimately t-shirts will be here Friday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. T-shirts are coming. Not that that's any pertinence to anyone. Stickers listening. are coming. <laughs> yeah, it's Stickers. exciting for it's us. This Tuesday, really? they're holding out on November. They're holding out till November. Yeah, to, 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 oh to have God. the t-shirts. Yeah, right. for sure. No, yeah, this uh, stickers, all kinds of little all the things. fun stuff. Yeah, we. I like proofing things yep. like that. We, <laughs> we've had so much fun. We get to see what we're gonna get. Just, a lot of designing, but it's yeah. A lot, so it's, honestly, it's a lot of our faces. A lot of really awesome things are in the works that I cannot tell you audience members about but i know what they are you know what they are you get the privy off mic stuff i'll never tell but i'm happy to be here today to talk about this very interesting movie that you chose for us to watch Mm -hmm. i have seen other of demille's work Mm -hmm. and also I'm always ready for my close-up. I yeah. know. I always <laughs> think about that. <laughs> I said Aaron, it. Aaron in her head. Aaron in her head all that. week. I'm going to say the line. I'm going to say the line. Dude, and say the line. That's, that's, not, that's not <laughs> even a fucking joke. Oh, I that's bet. That's not even a joke. I've been waiting like two weeks to say that. Gloria Swanson. Gloria Swanson. <laughs> you just have it yeah, beating like a tom-tom in the middle of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know she like went real hard on the L in that too, where she's like, "I'm ready for my close-up, close Mr. Deville," <sighs> and her crazy oh, eyes. Oh. And then she tilts her head That's back. That's the vodka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how you turn into an angry old lady drunk. I wonder <laughs> if like Vampira got her inspiration from that. From Gloria Swanson? Nah, yeah, no. no, no, I can't imagine. No, <laughs> no, that's that's trying to be an ethereal vampire. Mm. Yeah, it, they, which we only have like so much of a footage evidence of vampire show because most of it was destroyed. But um, sidebar. Sidebar. That's Have you show. seen the new monsters yet? <laughs> Not yet. I was going to watch it tonight. I watched it last night. Is it any fun? I thought it. If you have seen Rob Zombie movies, do not. I repeat, do not sit down and expect to see Rob Zombie movie. I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting the monsters. Good. It was the monsters. Damn. That's what you're, that's what yeah. you're gonna it was get. Like the best homage. I was really heartbroken that Michael had never seen the monsters and he doesn't know what the monsters is. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, but that you just know means what? You get to show him the monsters. But you know what the Adams family is. Yeah. He was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, so I don't. They literally the shows were on at the same time. I knew, time, right? I knew yeah. about the, I knew about the monsters before the Adams family. Because that was just same. It's the they were all played image. on TV Land, man. They were all played at the same yeah, shit. I watched them both. It was it was a little bit more visually vibrant as a child to look at a, like Herman Munster and a, a Grandpa and like Al Lewis and all that stuff. Like it's a little bit more visually striking. The Adams Family is, but it doesn't have a it doesn't have Frankenstein's monster as the patriarch of the family. It's a different For visual sure. aesthetic. Uh, what brought my mind to Rob Zombie monsters was uh, Vampira. Because as much as I love Sherry Moon Zombie, my biggest problem with this show slash movie slash whatever they're trying to turn it into, because it's definitely being set up to continue on into whatever form it gets. (laughs) 
<laughs> like they get married. It's basically it's the Herman and Lily meet each other. It's like the Flintstones mm-hmm. in Viva Rock Vegas. Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, nobody really wanted to watch that one. It's all about the first one. Yeah. So uh, Sherry Moon can't act her way out of a paper bag in this fucking movie. Aww. And it breaks my heart because I was really excited for you know I'm a Sherry Moon defender so I will go in with an well, open mind to, and heart. I I, st- credit, I stated at the credit. top that I love Sherry Moon and I feel like she does a great job in every other. I just maybe it's because I've seen her tits too much. Uh, maybe she's just been covered in blood and like <laughs> gouged people's eyes out a one too many times. But her like dopey, she plays Lily very dopey, mm. and to me. Lily, Lily's like the rock in that family. She's like the smart. Well, one. yeah, because she's got to deal with Herman's shenanigans. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I don't get a smart Lily monster from Sherry Moon. I get a like derpy sort of Lily monster, which was disappointing. But that was hmm. and you, Chloe said she didn't particularly like the casting of Herman. But she once you get into like it him. and you see the faces he makes. It's a little bit more convincing. He's got some great mouth work. What you told me was that their mediocrity matches one another. That is Ergo, true. Ergo, it's easier to swallow that is both true. of them. I still stand by that statement. Okay. Well, well I'll tell you but, what. I will text you guys the moment I watch it, by the way. The okay. colors are great. Mm-hmm. There's like moments of like pop comic bookness that just like I feel like if they had the availability to do the, some of this stuff in the 60s, they probably would have. Oh, I'm sure they would. It was Rob Zombie <laughs> doing the best homage to the monsters that he possibly could. And I really enjoyed it. It's probably the best anybody could ask. Just uh, like I enjoyed Hocus Pocus 2. And I'm seeing all sorts of little tweets and Facebook messages mm. about how everybody's hating on it. I don't know what the fuck you were expecting. Everybody got more dialogue. Everybody got more music. Everybody loved the mo- first movie for the, the funny one-liners in the music. We just gave you more of what you wanted. It was fucking fan service. We waited 30 years for it. You, you, you. It is. I'm, I'm here to break some bad news to you both. Um, oh. So settle in for a second. Um, oh. um, um, uh, fans are terrible. They're they are. They're just straight up terrible, and they have no problem sharing how they were totally totally violated by somebody creating another product that they wanted in the first place yeah everybody begged for this movie and everybody begged for, for more star wars and then suddenly everybody's fucking frustrated <laughs> you know i will say they've gotten really overboard with the star wars i can't yeah, but i can't keep i can't keep up with marvel either that's why i just don't give a shit anymore i i, I, I don't want to spend two weeks watching movies you know it's it's I I find <laughs> you know to keep up with the whole of, story. Well, two weeks watching movies for a lot of really intense and action heavy film. Yes, yeah, I it's a lot of pew pew pew. Yeah, a lot of explosions. Which, punch punch punch. You know, yeah. Speaking of explosions, this film. I wish this movie had more explosions. Yeah, it deserves. It more. really did. It deserves. I more. feel like, especially in the latter half, where there was like more pool sequences, mm-hmm. there should have been more explosions. There should have been a, a, a pool sequence with people from the Zeppelins. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! And then it turns explosions. And then it turns into a Busby Berkeley oh, extravaganza. Yes, absolutely, hundred um, percent. But so uh, this is a this is a kind of a weird scenario because this is a film that. If you look on IMDb for connections where people are directly homaging it, it's very few and far between. Um, this is a film that is not uh, highly recognized in uh, Cecil B. DeMille's catalog. Um, I know. 
because like I was saying earlier, I've seen his movies and I've never seen this movie. Yeah. This movie came out of nowhere. Yeah. This movie is something that proves as an interesting example of one of the films of Ballyhoo that will cover pre-codiness and early sound film. But as to whether or not it's an influence will be uh, will be up for debate by the end of the show. I can tell you I have ideas and thoughts, um, but I think it's it's clear that we need to talk a little bit about Cecil B. DeMille. Now, yes. he has such a fucking stacked history. These are not this film. He was known for his kind of like sexier comedies uh, of his own ilk. It's not a Lubitsch territory, but, it, you know, he gave the public what it wanted, which was sex. But. The the films we know Cecil B. DeMille for today are those elegant epics, mostly of a biblical nature, that he made near the end of his life. Um, uh, films of which he actually was remaking from earlier. But there's always a grandiosity and a spectacle attached to DeMille. And this film doesn't, doesn't uh, uh, short shrift us on that by any stretch. This is a very spectacle-driven film for a portion of it. <laughs> um, but... Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, and in, if you ask some people, the asshole, <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, he was born in Asheville, Massachusetts on August 12, 1881. His father was noted as a man destined for the church as a preacher, but then was diverted by his wife, steering him towards the world of the theater instead. Uh, she herself was a scriptwriter and a literary agent. Uh, he was a playwright and an administrator and faculty member during the early years of the Academy of the Dramatic Arts. Oh wow! Um, and Demille's level of show love of show, Demille's love of show business came from the family's intertwining with the famed theatrical producer and showman David Belasco. Belasco's regular foray into the lurid and lavish on the stage would be instrumental to Demille all those years later, especially with what we're talking about today. Um, and uh, his granddaughter actually noted that um, at a certain point in Cecil's childhood, he had developed an alter ego for himself by the name of Champion Driver. <laughs> <laughs> which okay. um there's that's a terrifying that's a no, no that's no. a that's a that's an interesting superhero that marvel needs to adopt right away it's just cecil b demille cgi recreation like peter cushing from rogue one uh but in a a uh a um a a, a, a a costume that just depicts somebody who found it from a five and dime <laughs> just calls himself champion driver oh my god he could be a NASCAR logo at that point. You know? All I'm thinking is Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> a tiny Ricky Bobby. Oh, you you just, you just jumped ahead to uh, my favorite quote from Cecil B. DeMille that I wanted to quote was, um, if you're not first, you're last. I was <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping you were going to say that. And of, course, and of course, he did say to Mary Pickford at one point, shake and bake. <laughs> oh <my laughs> um, now there's... Um, Shake and bake, Mary Pickford. Shake yeah. and bake. <laughs> now, this is important to DeMille, though, especially with the religious angle, is that um, there's no real claim, um, there, but there's no like claim to any specific denomination on his front. His family was uh, regular attendees of the Christ, Apo- uh, Christ Episcopal Church, um, but DeMille uh, pointed that his um, religion was a little bit more broad. Um, his son pointed out in a uh, documentary called Cecil B. DeMille, American Epic, uh, that his father would attend many churches and kind of just sit there alone, hmm. like with himself, 
thinking, how am I going to take the figurines in this building and turn them into a, a orgy of a, a orgy of spectacle? Um, now, uh, his father's service in the Academy of Dramatic Arts uh, led to CB being able to attend there tuition free, even though his father was pretty adamant of just like, don't become playwrights right before he died. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously, uh, son was like, fuck that shit. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a producer, a screenwriter. Um, uh, be, he began his theatrical career with the Charles Froman Company in 1900, and then he would eventually collaborate with his brother William, who uh, had a top bill above him for a good chunk of his earlier life. Um, and at times, they were serving under the whims of David Belasco, uh, so they kept that train going. Um, but by 1913, the bottom started falling out for his theatrical career. He wasn't making money as a actor, as a producer, as a playwright, and he... Um, uh, he happened to be friends with two people, Jesse Lasky and Samuel Goldwyn, which talk about very convenient friends to have in your life very at the dawn of cinema. <laughs> yeah, I just so happened to be friends with uh, Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, and Robert Rodriguez, and we're just going to form something called Independent Cinema in the nineties. <laughs> like that, that talk about like a, a very convenient spot for Demille to be in, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Now he had never seen a film before, um, and still. Lasky, Goldwyn, and him all basically decided we're going to go out to Hollywood and become filmmakers. We're going to we're going to get into the film business. Um, and uh, since he had never seen a film before, Samuel Goldwyn sent him out to the Edison Studios for a week to see how it was done. He was kind of getting a little boot camp. Um, he stayed one day. He phoned Samuel Goldwyn that same day and said, "If this is how they do it, I'll be knight of it in one year." <laughs> Have you ever have you ever heard that kind of brash attitude before in in your time in filmmaking? No, Aaron, <laughs> not like that. No, Jesus. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a kind of audacity that I don't think anybody uh, bothers to try to approach right now. Even Orson Welles didn't even have that kind of fucking ego about him. He but like when your bestie is Samuel Goldwyn, I guess you can just walk out with your balls out, just like <laughs> boo, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. I'm a man in the turn of the century. The times are hot and so am I. <laughs> Basically. Um, so they, they formed the Lasky, uh, Lasky company, uh, f uh, and, uh, they went through the, their first production under Cecil B. DeMille's direction, The Squaw Man, which has problematic elements attached to it that can be talked about on a later episode. Okay. Um, but, uh, the success of it was, colossal for this burgeoning new company um this film actually underwent a bunch of threats because uh, according to the documentary there were uh people already established in the california area in hollywood uh who didn't like the idea of new people coming in and trying to muscle in on their territory so there were actually uh moments where uh he was shot at <laughs> for him trying to make a movie so talk about a very threatening environment to be a that part of that sounds but if much. you know anything about the history of hollywood it, it actually that makes adds, sense. That it, adds up. It makes That's sense. not really a surprise. From a con from a contextual standpoint, it's hard for us to imagine that in full today. Correct. But this is a burgeoning new business, and funnily enough, the Edison Company was the litigious sin and was trying to monopolize the market out in the East, which is why people like Carl Lemley went out and formed Universal Pictures because yeah. they didn't want to have to keep making, paying royalties to the Edison Company. It was yeah. like, we'll just make our own films. Fuck um, that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. But that's the cars. Yeah. I, I like the light bulb, but fuck that guy. 
<laughs> uh, we still would have gotten the light bulb. Oh, I'm sure we would. Nikola, Te- Nikola <laughs> Tesla. No, Nikola Tesla had it. He it, was like almost it, there. The, uh, the reason why Nikola Tesla didn't get the light bulb credit that he should have gotten is because that man had some serious mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And Edison was better at paperwork. Yeah. When it comes down to it, he was a better bureaucrat, and that's why he we know Edison and Lightbulb and not Tesla and Lightbulb. Yes, exactly. Period. We think and Nikola, statement. We think Nikola Tesla and David Bowie now because of the prestige. Back yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yep. I'm Making that. lights, lights. Yep. <laughs> Glow so bright, bright. Oh my god. Um, now I the, like your Bowie. That was yeah. good. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, Chloe. I just felt like you're always about to cry. Madam Satan. Inspired. <laughs> on fire. <laughs> I was totally thinking about Bowie's in space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zachary. Yes, anyway. Um, so the Squaw Man was a success. Uh, the Lasky Company um, uh, formed uh, with that production, and the success eventually led them to teaming up with Adolf Zucker's famous players to form Famous Players Lasky, which by 1927 would fully become Paramount Pictures, uh, which is a studio that... Um, uh, uh, thankfully had Top Gun Maverick out this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it that way. Um, now, uh, by 1923... Damn, you're right. Yeah. Holy shit, they haven't put out any movies this year except Top Gun. Well, they've, they've got Smile. They've had other films. It's just that their business... They're not making any money. I bet, their well, business, I bet their bus- you they were banking on Top Gun to make a Oh, I'm sure they money. were. So even if they w- were low on funds, they were putting it all towards that so that they could And Mission Impossible also makes a lot of money for oh, them. Yeah. But like, but their business... Tom Cruise. You're saying Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise makes, makes a lot of money for them. Tom Cruise makes Paramount a lot of money. Um, but they're, but they're also their business in the last couple of years has not been the, the sturdiest of ground. Um, so since since DeMille's debut, um, despite constant pushback from his new uh, employer, uh, Adolf Zucker, with Adolf Zucker's tendencies to be difficult, DeMille <laughs> still persisted in that respect. Um, and DeMille uh, would go on to innovate a lot of things with melodrama, which I think is a little bit undersung. Like he did bring a lot of depth to the imagery that he possessed in his silent film era uh, era um his films include masterworks like the cheat the golden chance um and there's a certain point where he's delving a little bit more into the seedy and depraved nature but he did start embarking on those larger films that he would become known for with in 1916 he did a movie called joan the woman which was a joan of arc film uh in 1916 joan was also a woman yeah joan was also a woman, but Joan, aka a woman, and if and if a certain film from 1989 taught me anything, it means she did aerobics at the San Dimas Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Led that fucking troop better than Jane Fonda ever could. <laughs> and Genghis Khan did mess up a sporting goods store. He did. Yes, and Billy the Kid and Socrates did hit on women in a food court. This is history. Abe Lincoln did say, be excellent to each other and party on dudes. (laughs) This is is history. This is actual Hollywood history. These are things that happened. These are things that actually happened. Bill and Ted are prophets. Bill and Ted. I wonder, I would love to see them go back in time and pick up Cecil B. DeMille. (laughs) 
<laughs> they honestly, I didn't hate the sequel of that one. Oh, face, the one that yep. Face the music is great. It really wasn't it's that fantastic. bad. If they wanted to do no, do another one and go back to Golden Age Hollywood and pick up random people, I would probably be into that. Please welcome to the stage, Sandimas High, Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Whoa. I just want more Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Well, lady. You, you made, made risque sex comedies and biblical epics? Dude. Ah. Excellent. Excellent. Wild um, <laughs> DeMille's just looking at like, say that young man there's got a point. What if we made a movie called Wild Stallions? Four hours long. <laughs> Huge wild epic. <laughs> Make billions of dollars. <laughs> Hear me out, Adolf. Hear me out. <laughs> You're high. Get back to fucking work on Joan the Woman. <laughs> okay. I would love it. Because I'm like, now I just looked down at my notes and I have some points I am still itching to make about this film. Don't worry. We're, we're going to get, get there. there. We're, we're about to get there. Just cool your panties, I man. I can't. We're going to we're gonna get there. So Let them air out. <laughs> They're on flame from this movie. Yeah. They are. Mine are too, shit. By 1923, though, DeMille uh, started delving into those biblical epics with the Ten Commandments. Uh, that became a very big critical and financial hit for Paramount and was their top earner for 25 years straight. Uh, by 1924, though, DeMille broke with Paramount, or famous La players Lasky, to form his own production company with distribution set up by Producers Distributing Company, which is the most generic name ever, like Entertainment Motion Pictures out in the UK. Uh, the films produced under it would be The Road to Yesterday, King of Kings, The Volga Boatman, and The Godless Girl. Of all of those, King of Kings is the only one to be anywhere close to a financial success, because obviously it's about... Jesus Christ. <laughs> mm. So it's, of course, going to sell some tickets to an eager public in the 20s, wanting religion with also entertainment in their uh, spectrum. Uh, the showman's career, though. Passion plays will always work. They always will. Yeah. For centuries upon centuries, passion plays will always work. Yes. Such as Passion of the Christ. <laughs> I never saw that. You don't I specifically. I'm an atheist. No Jim Caviezel for you. I did not want to see that fucking movie. Unless you, my Sunday school was taking me, which again, didn't have a Sunday school. I had zero reason to go see that fucking movie. We should just replace all copies of Passion of the Christ in people's houses with a copy of Madam Satan and throw them off. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd It'd be, be like Gideon's Bible. Just like <laughs> slip it in there. It's like, whoop. like, oh, that's not the same thing. What's happening? This is better, Martha. Hail Satan. <laughs> Again, um, there's no Satan in this. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but now, by 1924, uh, by, by the time he's finished up, by the time DeMille is finished up with these endeavors, the company has to close. It's not enough of a financial success. He finds himself in a bit of a lull. He gets picked up by MGM as a kind of a salvation period. Um, and he arrives there at the dawn of talking films emerging. Um, if you'll recall, Al Jolson said some words on the screen and it became uh, a sensation across the world. And thus we he have said sound. like 12 words. No, he said, well, he said 12 words and a couple of phrases like, meh, and what? Meh. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Now I got to think about Al Jolson looking at his mom. You like have he wants to think of real no. Oh. Aaron, Aaron, why are you being so sad to me? Why, Aaron, Aaron? Because he wants to put his tongue down his mom's throat. Gross. That is... <laughs> Who told you? 
your <laughs> eyes, exactly. bro. Your eyes. The way you're like undressing your mom in every scene you're with her is noticeable. I love my mother. Don't you talk about that way. It's yeah, that song. Let's give them something to talk to about. Let's give them something to talk about. And then you play it on the piano. Who told you that I dress up in my mother's clothes? Who? Who? Talking the about WB frog. The bitch ratted you out. Michigan J, how could you? Face. Gotta go now, gotta go now, gotta go now, ragtime gal. <laughs> <laughs> Do come back here, you dumb frog. Um, now, uh, MGM basically saved his career uh, a little bit, like giving him a place to stay, giving him a chance to flex his muscles. MGM wants that DeMille prestige. Why not? Um, now, uh, his films at MGM would include a movie called Dynamite, uh, a sound remake of The Squaw Man, and Madam Satan, and which brings us to the production of this film. So the conceit of this film comes from a desire from MGM for another musical. Uh, the success of films like The Broadway Melody and The Hollywood Review of 1929, starring Jack Benny, uh, <laughs> compelled Louis B. Mayer to tell DeMille that he ought Get to go- your Jack Benny bingo out, oh, kids. you're fucking damn right. <laughs> Get the cards out. Now, now. Jack Benny mentioned here, here, and here. <laughs> <laughs> I Al Jolson, bingo master for Jack Benny. <laughs> um, so um, Demille was like, you know, you know, maybe I should try a musical at this point. Uh, Louis B. Mayer's compelling me to do it. I might as well take it. Um, and this would have seen a Demille return to this territory of comedy and lighter fare that gives the public what it wants, which is a little bit of sex and a little bit of sin. You know, give the public what they want. That horny terrible public <laughs> a lot of side boob yeah a lot of side boob a lot of side boob yeah there's a bunch of side boob in this movie yeah oh yeah now for, be- for 1930 dude yeah well this is the pre-killed era you can kind of get away with that you can even get a little bit of like see-through negligee going on in some films it's not I, impossible yeah no we saw things yeah <laughs> now DeMille was seeking for his musical extravaganza. Of course he wants to get Cole Porter, but Cole Porter wouldn't be ready for about two months. Uh, he doesn't have a big enough dildo for Cole Porter. <laughs> you gotta, you oh, really gotta like, you gotta sweet talk that man. You gotta have certain <laughs> things. You gotta have requirements. Wow. So because, De- because Cole Porter was unavailable, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He started considering then Oscar Hammerstein and operatic composers Rudolf Frimmel and Sigmund Romberg. Um, their consideration was thwarted by their demand for profit participation, so they're out the door. Um, uh, Albert Kettleby, uh, while notable, was labeled as difficult to work with and was known to refuse a WB assignment, so they're out the door. So the score job finally rested in the hands of lyricist Clifford Gray, who wrote, uh, If You Were the Only Girl in the world um, and had a, uh, a stint on the love parade from 1929 uh, that he did the music for that um, and a collaborator of Hammerstein. So he had, he had his clout. Um, they also got Herbert Storth out uh, who was the musical director for Arthur Hammerstein, Jack King, who was a composer for the theme for DeMille's dynamite. And, uh, in t- and the theme of that was called How Am I to Know? <laughs> um, and then Elsie... Much like his life. Yes. Or the later version, How Would I Know? How Should I Know? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that's, not, that's not where I thought that was What going. if Al Jolson sang it? 
know. How Al would Jolson, I know? We all know how you know. He's just blind. <laughs> Um, then the final collaborator was Elsie Janice. Now, Elsie Janice, she had her own big fucking career. She was a child prodigy in vaudeville by the age of 11 under the name of Little Elsie. She was a Broadway headliner, and then she ended up becoming an actress, screenwriter, production manager, and composer in the golden age of Hollywood. She wrote the original story for Close Harmony with Gene Markey, who was a producing force of Fox. Um, and uh, she... Also was very big in support for troops during World War One, so she had quite, quite a resume attached to her. Okay. Um, now the screen story was attached to Jeannie McPherson, um, uh, but uh, Demille wanted further sophistication with the dialogue, so he uh, approached Dorothy Parker, uh, and uh, but Dorothy Parker was out in France doing Dorothy Parker stuff, <laughs> so. She, he settled upon Elsie Janice to also do the story. So she was attached for the story and eventually music. There was an agreement for $1,500 a week starting on February 2nd, 1929. But she agreed to take half until she could confirm she was fully available. So she came to compromise. You know, she worked with DeMille on this. Um, the agreement stipulated per uh, Richard Burchard's book, who's providing a lot of our details for today. It said that if she and DeMille could not agree on a phrase to describe her contribution to the script that was satisfactory to both parties, her name would not be used in the film's credits. It would ultimately fall under uh, screenwriting credits for uh, Jeannie McPherson, Gladys Unger, and Elsie Janis. Uh, so she she clearly made enough of a contribution to the point where she could get that credit and be satisfied with it. However, the script went through two final versions because DeMille kept revising shit. Oh. Uh, the first final script was dated for Ju January 11th, 1930, and another one was dated on February 2nd, or February 12th, 1930. Six weeks into principal photography, she was tired of the constant revisions, um, and these would extend as far into April 1st of 1930 while in the middle of filming. And Elsie left the project as a result. Uh, she wrote a very, uh, a very telling note to Mr. DeMille. She said, Dear Mr. DeMille, because it is a matter of form, I want to ask you to allow me to quit your gracious presence in two weeks. I won't say why, because the pen is still... Uh, the pen is stiller than the sword. And any way, I'm sure you are way ahead of me. I would like to add that, however, if you would care to save a little money, I would gl be glad to kick out at once before the Zeppelin sequence destroys all the charming memories that I hope to retain of DeMille of the Gods, BMS, before mob scenes. It has been a great joy to know you, and I hope to be a friend long after Madam Satan has gone the way of all talkies. Devotedly, Elsie. So she, she hot-tailed it out of there. She, hmm. she, she put in her that two weeks. That bitch knew the Zeppelin was the wrong decision, too. <laughs> <laughs> we all were like, what is happening? Right. Why is there a Zeppelin? Yeah. Why, why is there a Zeppelin? Why? 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 I don't Did know. Did you know? Have you know? I made an observation. I don't uh, know if this is astute or not, but every movie with a Zeppelin in it does not end well. True. No one said, let's get on a Zeppelin and then they get to go home happy later. No. 
And it's funny because this falls in a line of a fascination with airships and aviation that happened at this point. There's literally yeah. there's literally a Jack Benny film that comes out not the too Rock long Tier ago. The Rocketeer is popular. The Lock- comic, comic book in real like the, the the like penny reels at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the big the big one is like you see that in a lot of films, specifically comedies. There's a Benny film from MGM. Uh, called It's in the Air, where its climax takes place in a fucking dirigible of its own. So it's this. There's this fascination with aviation at this point. Um, you've got films like Hell's Angels, Wings come mm-hmm. out. You know that people want to know what it's like to fly. Um, and uh, the Zeppelin, uh, the Zeppelin incident coming before uh, uh, the uh, the the Hindenburg crash yeah. is very telling too. Um, it's just like, it's almost like a weird omen of things to come. Like it's super strange. Um, now, uh, DeMille obviously wanted to, uh, grab some previous players in his camp for this extravaganza. He tried to get Gloria Swanson, uh, speaking of ready (laughs) for my close up, Um, uh, but plans were thwarted by Joe Kennedy. Swanson's business partner, lover, and Swanson champion in a detrimental manner <laughs> because he did not steer her career in the right direction. And in fact, Joe Kennedy said it was uh, better to focus on her own material than focusing on this. Um, now, uh, eventually, the script is then passed around to Penny Singleton when she was still called Dorothy McNulty. Um, and it was also given to Jeanette McDonald, um, but he, um, he lost interest in Jeanette McDonald because he said, I have seen her performance in Love Parade, but would like to see something of her that calls for a little more fire and color in which she plays a mere, uh, in a mere seductive uh, need. Part of Matt and Satan will call for perfect abandon. So he's looking for somebody who's completely like throw caution to the wind. Um, uh, Gloria but, Swanson. No, I was kidding. Yeah, but one a, a person from the Love Parade um, would be Lillian Roth, and she attached uh, got attached to Madame Satan. Uh, this is before her triumph um, in the movie Animal Crackers, uh, starring the Marx Brothers. Um, or it actually, no, it might actually be within the same timeline. Actually, like because the the, the uh, uh, Animal Crackers came out in 1930, so maybe it's around that same period. But Regardless, uh, 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 the final settling for Madam Satan uh, would end up being Kay Johnson, who DeMille felt never fully captured the perfect abandon he was looking for. Um, it, it didn't reach the hopes that he wanted. And Kay Johnson's fine in the movie, but we'll talk about it. She she doesn't. It's a little difficult to see her doing what Gloria Swanson could have done with this role, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, Reginald Denny um, was tapped for his role as Bob, um, and um, he had a stipulation that he was to uh, start as soon as possible and end no uh, and have an end date no later than February tenth, nineteen thirty. So um, we'll see how that plays out for Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the original budget of this film is set at a million eleven thousand. $609 to shoot over 70 days. It wrapped early in 59 days, despite a week-long illness from, from Reginald Denny and from Kay Johnson being missing in action for two days. Where she went, we don't know. Tijuana. <laughs> Tijuana. Have to get away from this fucking maddening, what the fuck is this movie, man? <laughs> you know, but that's where she got her perfect abandon, was trying to figure out what the fuck kind of movie she was in. Agreed. You know, I have to go away for two days and come back and settle into the chaos that's happening around me. 
Um, and we will talk about one more piece of film production information. How do you prepare the, for a movie where no one knows what's going on? No, yeah. the, the answer is you just walk in, you give your hat to the 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 the, the uh, to the studio guard, and you just say, "All right, tell me where to go. Tell me where my mark is. Tell me what I'm saying. I'm not thinking. I'm not doing anything. I don't know what'll happen. It's it's like walking onto green screen for the first time. You don't know if that's that that cave troll is going to look any good on the screen. You just got to trust your director." Uh, these guys trusted a little too much because of the film that we have which full disclosure as we're about to dive into the plot I genuinely love this film it was a great no, I, I said like I it. didn't regret yeah. the time I spent watching it it was a lot of fun it's, I just don't know what happened it's to, to the bottom line is that objectively this movie's a mess it is subjectively it's quite an experience for your eyeballs <laughs> You um, just keep getting a little when you're like starting to really fade, and you get a little side boob, and you're back in it. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> like oh, bring you back in, or or some of the crazy shit that happens on this Zeppelin that we're gonna talk about. The Zeppelin. Yeah, well, we when you say Madam Satan to me, I never did I assume there would be a Zeppelin. In no, the TV. neither. Nope, nope. Even Not though the poster kind of gives you a tease, but that's exactly what. My boyfriend was saying was he was like I bet the I bet the blimp is that is gonna explode and then it didn't. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, you called it. He's like, yeah, but the movie poster kind of gives it away because it's like <laughs> exploding behind her. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. He's not a fool. He knows how to market. <laughs> MGM knows what they're doing technically. <laughs> Whether or not they actually thought this movie would make any money is is. I guess they had the faith because they're willing to throw a million and change into DeMille's pocket to make the film. I'm still sad there's no Satan. No, <laughs> but there is a Madam Satan. Uh, and but well, She's not good. It's just not the real thing. No, no, but we are left with the Madam Satan we are left with. But who is the Madam Satan and how did she please, become to be? Please tell me. Okay, well, we open up on the film. Picture it. Picture, picture right now a single bird in a gilded cage. Which has nothing to do with what we're going to find out later. <laughs> that is the start of Sweeney Todd as well. It is the Sweeney yes. Todd as well. Well, maybe she feels trapped in her loveless marriage and seeks to be free as a bird. And, and that's also the same plot device from, oh, fuck, what's that play? Uh, Lady something or other. Not Lady Windermere's fan. Oh, shit. Lady I lost Satan. It. <laughs> anyway, That's what I kept calling it. It's this play, and this woman has this bird in the cage. The bird in the cage is a woman trapped in marriage parallel over and over and Golden. over again. Yeah. In well, literature and in um, in films. It's yeah. just, I'm going to look it up. Well, well, to, it's driving well, me Well, to be fair, Angela, our Madam Satan... She is kind of trapped in a weird cycle of of her husband being unfaithful. She's trapped in that cage yeah. of of unfaithfulness and as a doll's house. Yeah, and as what? That's what it is. It's the doll's house. That's the doll's house. Okay. Now I got it. Okay. I remembered it before I looked it up. I'm not familiar Google. with that place, so thankfully you pulled it up because that's. I, I'm glad to know that this is a motif that people have used. Heinrich be- Ibsen. Okay. Just pulling that reference out of nowhere for anyone who wants to go read (laughs) (laughs) a Victorian place. Well, we can't go to a Victorian place when we're in the Roaring Twenties at this point. And we are. That's why I'm talking about the costumes. The costumes in this are on point. Yeah, but right now everybody's a little bit plain clothed. And Angela's just kind of going through the for as plain clothes as that rich lady is. Well, yeah, plain rich clothes. Yeah. 
got plain, a lot of money. Plain privilege is yeah. what we call that. Okay. Plain privilege. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's uh, she's she's kind of just in a mundane state of things, and her. She also has a fucking organ like installed in her house. She's oh, kept. Fuck she's yeah. a kept woman. She's, she's a kept woman. Yeah. She's living a very pampered life. Well, yeah, because she has to be yeah, pampered alone. enough for Bob and Jim to go out and do their shit while drunk. Fuck Bob. Th- their entrance. Yes, fuck Bob. We, yes, let's get into it. Bob and Jim enter this movie drunk off their ass. We don't start well. No, no. we don't. No, no. It's t- a true drunks trying to unlock a door is a funny trope. She I, like yeah. was having a good morning. Yeah, she woke up. The sun was shining. <laughs> She's not really sure where her husband is, so she doesn't want to assume the worst. And yet, she tells the staff he's on a trip. Yeah, yeah, he know. is. <laughs> She's lying to herself. She's lying the to staff herself. Staff also knows she's lying. Oh yeah, she's just like you You're know. You're like whatever. sure, sure. Whatever, rich lady. <laughs> just keep my writing our paychecks. Girl. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bob is going like, just you wait a minute. This is my jar. And Jim goes, well, you wouldn't be so stingy. You wouldn't share it with a pal, would ya? Uh, and then uh, Bob goes, well, the door's no good when it's shut. Oh my lord, this kind of drunk banter back and forth they try to sneak in without angela knowing we have angela singing at the organ uh they 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 keep stumbling around like two boobs in the night like this is this is this is it it, it culminates in them taking a shower and ripping each other's clothes off and yeah they, they do they're singing about being in the rain and they're taking each other's clothes off i thought that she was very chill when she walked in on yeah. them dressing yeah. she was like oh they're just friends but i was like maybe no. he's cheating on her with him demil's yeah. like i'm 100%. gonna give demil's like i'm gonna give you sex all right i just didn't tell you what kind of sex <laughs> it was gonna be much like you didn't tell us that this was a musical demil didn't tell them that there was gonna be gay sex in there nope well it's gay sub text not gay sex necessarily. gay subsex gay subsex yes <laughs> it's there, there, there there's one of many reasons why this is a camp favorite <laughs> gay subtext and zeppelins <laughs> i don't know it's just a thing that exists in this oh movie. my god halloween couples costume someone goes as a dancer Someone goes as the Zeppelin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. You and Malia, dude. I, I love that. Around uh, your fucking costume. Got her fucking costume. There you go. Like, it's 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 a perfect idea. But uh, so Angela is questioning Bob, and Bob plays it off as like, no, no, we were just out doing stuff. But the paper, the newspaper has revealed that he was out with Mrs. Brooks. But Mrs. Brooks wasn't out that night. She was in bed by 10 p.m. Yeah, she was in bed by 10 p.m. So Being plain and white bread. Why are you coming <laughs> home five in the morning? <laughs> Something's going wrong. Can <laughs> Hit it, Chloe. Nothing. Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. I'll show it to you later. Okay. Do you remember that one, Zach? No, I don't. Oh God. Okay, I'll show it to you both after this. Okay. Then. But um, so yeah, so they 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 downplay it, and uh, uh, Bob um gives an alibi, and she plays along, um, and uh, why though? Sorry, I know. I just this is why, why I say she's a kept woman because she if she was a regular woman, mm-hmm. not a rich. 
hoity-toity. I'm gonna hang out and she'll be like, you know what? Do you know that you could all day, woman? She'll be like, you know that you could take half his money. You could take half his money. You could take half of everything he owes. She needs a friend who's a commoner. Yes, to tell her what to say to her husband. Well, her maid kind of substitutes in that role. She sings too much. Yeah, (laughs) she's the one that starts. Is that a rule for maids that they're not allowed to sing too much? I'm not saying you're not allowed to sing too much. I just feel like it took the point away a little bit. The emphasis of what she really needed to say was lessened by the singing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, she's. it's kind of hard to take advice from your maid when she's breaking out in a libretto. Bitch, shut up and tell me what you're trying to tell me. I don't need a metaphor. I need you to literally tell me what I'm supposed to do right now. Just be a plain spoken right now. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, it's gonna if get someone opened with do you know you can solve your problem and then started singing I think I'd slap them in the face <laughs> <laughs> basically every musical in the world is 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 on I your grudge you list Chloe doesn't like musicals <laughs> oh, I'd be like stop that <laughs> knock it Smack. off Smack. <laughs> hell is wrong with you <laughs> we can digitally George Lucas here we can digitally insert you into Madam Satan and smack people around oh God, if you want if that's your wish I would slap Madam Satan first and foremost it can be We're done we there. have the technology now I uh, <laughs> I have opinions I know about this woman do you have opinions about her ability to decipher very dumb alibis because she looks through their mess and she discovers a, a card she's an idiot She. <laughs> <laughs> this woman needs to be slapped upside the fucking head. That's by her what maid. I'm saying. <laughs> she needs a friend that d- is not in her employ. When you meet the when, when you <laughs> read the words know. "meet me at nine, Trixie," the immediate assumption should be my husband is cheating on me, and it should be an immediate confrontation. Not no this offense to about. any Trixies out there, but yeah, Trixie is honestly, kind of a hoe name. No offense. Like. This movie goes on too long. If I was in this movie, this movie would be like 45 minutes <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with the music. Yeah. <laughs> With the music, with the music and, and, the, and the Oh yeah, no, no. If I'm gonna start flashing my pussy to like wow over dudes, we're just gonna skip right to that. It's so it's just a David Lynch movie at that kind point. Of, no yeah. context. It's just a chaotic Snap, piece of imagery. Snatch Trixie by the weave. We're gonna get this movie over it, with. It's about the decay of the American of the American marriage, <laughs> but it's all done through metaphor and Zeppelin. Basically, yeah. All right, now everybody just dance. And, and if it's directed by David Lynch, his penis detaches and oh. does its own da- dance number. <laughs> That's what I wanted Inland Empire to be, but I didn't have enough of a budget. A different kind of eraser head. Yes, that would have been an interesting eraser head if there was a dancing penis involved. I'm just saying we're missing out. We are missing out. But Jim and Bob are not missing out on a a, a big old chewing out uh, until Bob covers it up and goes, no, 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 that's Jim's wife. Huh. Jim has a wife, and Jim has to explain it with such great one-liners, uh, such as, uh, well, what's her name? Her name's the same as my name. What's her maiden name? She hasn't been a maiden in a long time. I know. <laughs> Lines like that. Very clever, snappy dialogue. He's gay. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, is that this, he gets all the clever lines. But he also get put. He gets put in the worst situations in this movie. Why? Oh yeah, by his because stupid he's friend. He's the closeted gay man who drinks with his friend too much. He needs to go find a better drinking buddy. One that allows him to be himself. Exactly. It's really a tragic tale about this sad 
rich gay man who's partying it up, but he can't do the one thing he wants to do most. Fuck his friend. Because his wife keeps walking in on him. For real. This he is, was real happy was at the beginning of that movie. When they're undressing each other, he's like, I'm in it. We're in the rain. <laughs> Let's do and this. And we're singing in it. <laughs> now, now, she leaves the two to fuss over Bob's infidelity. She kind of sort of believes it. Um, and uh, they... Bob starts going into this line of being an amorous lover who needs attention from so many people. And I can't ain't that cute. No. (laughs) True. Even for 19, 20, 1930 standards, this motherfucker ain't that cute. When you get, see, the real test is, the real test is when you get them wet, are they still cute afterwards? And we saw the evidence and the evidence points to no. He's like a, he's like a, uh, he's like a discount Errol Flynn. (laughs) <laughs> the wish version yes the, yeah. you order from wish yeah errol flynn you get this bob character not to say reginald denny isn't a talented human being it's just that like he's not that yeah. great a looker necessarily he's fine no. he's fine. i know that's why you're like really him you're gonna keep level up he's yeah there you go. this bitch needs to level up Get rid of this motherfucker. Given how many like beefcakes are probably aboard that Zeppelin, she had seriously, plenty of opportunities. dude. All the the they whole fucking blimp and, was looking at them, and they were all mostly naked. Yeah, everybody was really cool with being just like showing up in pasties and a thong. Yeah, no. it was that kind of party. But it in, was instead of him being some kind of ardent lover, he is just a misogynist piece of crap who is also late to their fucking theater engagement. Yeah, what an asshole. Sleeping in from drinking all night. Misses the fucking one night of the year where she thought, well, I can have time with my husband. And he's late to that. And the maid starts, before before he comes in, after finally... Like getting off over his drunken stupor, we get that first song where the maid's suggesting that she makes herself so attractive to Bob that she cannot resist him, and then she sings "Live and Love Today," um, and it's it's a which dang- I could have done without. She sounds like a Disney princess, but the lyrics she's saying, like it just doesn't. She's she's proposing it's gross. She's proposing <laughs> a very dangerous love. One could say Satan's love. I don't think Satan would like this movie. <laughs> He too would ask for more Satan. There's not enough of me in it. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Satan's Christian Bale as Batman, apparently. (laughs) Why am I not in this movie? Why? There's just a major lack of of the Dark Lord. Yeah. I don't understand what's happening here. There's so much like Disney sounding music. And not enough, like, yeah, now, debauchery. When Bob arrives, though, in the room, though, um, he 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 basically amounts to the line of explaining where he's at in his love life. He goes, "You ceased being my pal and became my wife." He Shut the fucking fuck up. flips the script on her. She's like, "You don't spend it. You forget about me." He's like, "You forget about me." And she's like, well, no. Because you leave all the time, motherfucker. Yeah. Take all all over town, bitch. Stay (laughs) home. Maybe try to get some of this hoo-ah. She's offering it. It's not like she's taking it. He's like, you're so she's cold. She's literally walking like, around the house you... in like a slip most of the time. Right. Well, also, too, it's like he's like, you're so cold. And it's like, how would you know? You're never home. You, 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 you ever want to just jump into the television and smack a male character around in a golden age? Yes. Holiday? 
frequently. This is the biggest example that I have in the in my There's current memory a, right now. I love this was a lot of fun. Again, thank you for showing <laughs> yes. this to me. I didn't like anybody in this movie. <laughs> no, they're all terrible. She's a fucking idiot. He's a stupid piece of shit. She has the that opportunity poor gay to guy leave. Gets the <laughs> short end of the stick, even though he's surrounded by beautiful women with their titties out all the time. And he, but all he wants to do is shower with his best friend. I know. And slip it. You know what it was, too? Yes. He was like, oh, I want her for me. He wanted that outfit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't want you. I want your clothes. They're wonderful. He fucking tried to save their stupid-ass marriage. Yeah. And, like, she, he, uh, she just kept fighting for him. And it was Thank like, why? Thank you for being a Travel down the road and back again. Back to the shower again. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'd like to shower with you, but your wife keeps on walking in. <laughs> and if I threw a Zeppelin party, oh my God, yes! Inviting, inviting everyone, everyone I, I knew, knew, you would see the greatest gift would be from me, and it would be you and me in bed. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for, for being, being a, a friend. friend. And then the Zeppelin explodes. <laughs> Executive producer Cecil B. DeMille. Oh my God, yes. So Madam Satan was recorded in front of a live studio. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're getting a lot of music in on this episode. That's true, but it's fun this way. And then you hear the the the, the play and entry music. <laughs> Bob, you're cheating on me. Ha 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 ha. You're such a frigid Wait, bitch. <laughs> You're such a frigid bitch. It's all in your mind. No, I'm going to leave. Don't go anywhere. Madam Satan is brought to you by Timex watches. <laughs> now, um, and now, Playtex. But th- seriously, this relationship is a piece of shit. <laughs> this, 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 she's had it. She starts packing. She goes, she's packing and she's leaving she coldly and logically. Packing. Yeah, she's I'm so like, Get close. It, girl. Let's do this. She's so close. She's like beating. It's like being so close to beating the final level in Super Mario Brothers. But then, of course, your husband interferes and starts unpacking for you. It's like when you, you watch enough. Leave. You know, with Jennifer Lopez, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, I've got a new life, you know, and she's almost there. But then he comes back and he comes back and stalks her. Her metaphorical, like beating that. That like the shit doll out of that guy, abusive husband, or the doll? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Her rocky moment. Yep. Yeah. Eating raw eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Running upstairs. Kate Johnson yeah. needed a rocky montage in this movie. Yeah. We need a montage of what's Dude, to come. Dude, the montage should have been her making her outfit. That's like, ah. Thank you. Thank you. Because Oh my God, like in Batman Returns. Yes. When Michelle Piper is turning into Catwoman. Yeah. Or the Grinch. And she's had like that worst day ever. Oh yeah, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. And, and, no, and the OG one. <laughs> I'm remembering the longer montage in Ron yeah. Howard's The yeah, Grinch. Yeah. Um, but no, um, so uh, she he starts unpacking for her, um, and he he gives some wonderful excuses. By wonderful, I mean pieces of shit excuses. He like, keeps taking things out of her bag, and it's just like, bitch. Yeah, and she's just calling him a child, and he goes, well, all men are children. They like ew, to play. And ew, they, no, he goes, not they, an excuse. They like, they like to play and chase toy balloons. Ew. <laughs> Rude. Keep packing your bags, bitch. Piece of shit. Just this. 
Yeah, and oh and he goes, love can't be left in cold storage. It's a battery that needs to be recharged every day. Yeah, and if oh you leave God, those yeah. batteries in a drawer and you never touch them. Yeah, yeah. She needed a vibrator in her own apartment. <laughs> a lot of these problems would have been she solved. She should have had her own apartment, That's and then he could have had his own apartment. One could argue then, Jim needs it too at this point. They said. all they need an open marriage where they're all just swinging and fucking each other. Yes. And but you know he wasn't going to go for just that. Going no, Bob it. wouldn't go for that. Selfish he dick. just wants all the women to himself and no sharing. No sharing he whatsoever. is the patriarchy. Oh my yes, God. He is. Bob, <laughs> He's the problem. Smash the Bob. <laughs> smash the Bob. I'm going to get a t-shirt. Smash, smash the, the Bob. Bob. It's Reginald yeah. Denny looking like a fucking twerp. <laughs> His costume so, at the end of the so, movie makes me rage so hard. So then Angela's about to leave, but then Bob Bob pulls an old Citroo. He's just like, "No, I'm leaving. Fuck you. I'm gonna go. Oh my god, I, right? I gotta go first. <laughs> I've got I've got commitments with other women. You have nobody. You, can you can't stay be here. mad. You can't be mad. I'm mad. Yeah, you can't leave. I'm, I'm madder leave. than you are. I, I have to go. What are you gonna do? Turn into a Satan creature by the end of the film? What Fuck are you gonna you. do? Sexually arouse me somewhere else? Yeah, you gonna you gonna try to seduce me on a zeppelin like that's gonna happen <laughs> this movie is a women have feminine wiles movie yes that's what this is and should be allowed to fucking tease pieces of shit husband if they really want to save their marriage because fuck fuck bob okay but she didn't tease him enough because her she was not on other dudes jocks like i would be like if the point is to tease into like confuse, she light, like she lightly grazes. The that's idea. not. Mm, yeah, that's I know. Not teasing. I know it's not. It needs to be more. And so as as Bob is leaving, of course Jimmy stumbles down the stairs as she walks down the stairs. He was trying to sneak out. He was trying to sneak out. He's going like <laughs> he was trying to leave. He I was need trying to, to go. Avoid. I need to go now. I don't want to be involved. In I this. just want a London fog. They're underplaying my character and what I could be because this is the 1930s and That's we're not allowed sure. to go beyond subtext. Um, and of course, uh, Jimmy uh, uh, is still sticking to the wife routine because. Angela asked, well, can I stay with you and your wife so I can work all this out? And I suspect that she actually that knows a little bit more of what's going on. It's a huge imposition to anybody. Yeah. Sorry, she you're having marriage problems getting an Airbnb. That wasn't a thing then. No, no, no. You can go to a hostel. You can go to, she had money. Yeah, she could have gone to a hotel, or gotten herself a new fucking apartment, or gotten herself a new she, apartment. She could have, she could have stayed with her rich friends in my man Godfrey, which I'm sure she lived didn't down have the to street. go to the gay guy's house. No, she didn't. He lived at a fucking flop house. <laughs> no, that was Trixie's place. That's Trixie's place. The knife, it it's Trixie. a nice yeah. enough place. Because yeah, oh yeah. So then, so she, he asks for. She asks him for advice as she's kind of imposing on all this, and he suggests that he comes to this masked ball in a zeppelin and to make a scene all of her own. Like basically, he's telling her what the maid's telling her, um, and uh, that's when she she's like, "Ah, oh, but now that a man told me, I'm going to listen to it." And then she re- she refrains the song and goes, "She who hesitates will fall right away. She who stops and waits." We'll watch with dismay. And then she tells the maid, I'm going to fight for my happiness. Uh, and then we cut to... I hated that line. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to cut your fucking losses. Right? Seriously. Get this out. This is a problem. Get out. Fighting for, your, fighting for your piece of shit husband, not a good idea. We were the Jerry Springer going to, generation. Going to Reno, yeah. however, a better idea. 
<laughs> a better fucking idea. Now we then go to the house of Trixie, and Trixie's just a uh, uh, a a a a roundabout showgirl. Like she's she a jazz singer. She's a jazz. Hey, did you say jazz singer? Oh God, no! We brought him back. <laughs> Yeah, the ghost of Al Jolson again. You can't, you can't keep me out of here. If you sing jazz and singer together, that makes me. Oh my god. <laughs> um, now, yeah, Trixie's a showgirl, and I do like watching Lillian Roth dance. Even though my girlfriend pointed out she's marking herself when she dances, she's doing, she's observing her own ca- her own beats as she dances. That's because she's not a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. No, it's very obvious that she's. She could be playing the role of a showgirl that isn't good at being a showgirl. It could be. Yeah. Lillian but Roth. I don't know if she's that. And that's why she's at home all the time. She Considering that Lillian Roth is the best of the female love interest characters that you have to care about in a Marx Brothers movie, I'm going to say that it might be a choice. She's she's that talented. I like right. Lillian Roth. She's fucking dope. And she's good in this role even though she whines a lot. She's very whiny. That yeah. was going to be what I was about to say is this girl whines a substantial amount. Yeah. And her uh she just she kind of lights up the screen regardless of that attitude. But then Jimmy rushes in and asks Trix- Trixie to pretend to be his wife as Angela enters and then we get just kind of this large bedroom farce of like I'm going to stay here. Oh, you shouldn't stay here, but I'm going to stay here. Well, all right, I guess we got to pretend to be a married couple for the sake of this because Trixie's aware that it's Bob's wife and so she's got to she's got to play cool with Jim's plan even though she literally says at one point I could kill you like it it's an imposition for her and then the farce becomes even more nonsensical when Bob comes in and so everybody's hiding each other <laughs> and the, the this the whole like bedroom farce kind of feels weak until it decides to pick up energy it's almost like it starts off way too slick and like there's too much time. The pacing's off. In yeah, the scene. pacing's yeah. off. There you and go. And then that yeah. girl starts spitting poison at her. Yeah, and then but once once Bob enters the picture, then suddenly everything becomes the right amount of chaotic for a farce to happen. Yeah. Um. And uh, we we basically she when by the time that Bob comes in and demands answers and whatnot. Boob, he gets boob, you mean? Yeah, I know I loved that. Dude, sorry, that was my She calls him boob at one point because oh, of yeah. her accent, her fake accent that she pulls oh, out. Oh, but then she I think she did it on accident the first time and then I think she maybe caught herself and then kept doing it. I don't know if it was a no, choice it was of like the actress a or of the character. Of yeah, it but it was funny. And it, the the ending of this whole scene, though, leads to Jimmy hiding Angela under the covers as Bob is actively talking about his indiscretions out Correct. loud. Correct, to um, his wife. And then Bob leaves, and then Trick uh, Angela emerges as Trixie unveils her and goes, you came here to spy on me and got caught in your own trap, which, fair point. Fair point. Um, and then this, I actually like this scene that unfolds. It's the scorned, it's the it's the it's the lover and the wife engaging about how how the marriage has failed, <laughs> and it's kind of like a weird, like honest scene in the middle of this melodrama that hasn't gone gone anywhere innovative thus far. I'm not saying that this scene is innovative per se. I just think it's fascinating interplay between those two because. 
we have Angela defending the good uh, the goodness of good women and vows to get her husband back in this whole scheme. And Trixie's just like, I give him what he wants. Um, and I, I this is what she literally says: I give him a dream made out of perfume and soft lights. <laughs> so she's giving him that excitement that he craves. So Angela vows. She's a sex worker. <laughs> I say that only half jokingly. This is not. She mentions it a number of times that this isn't. Bob is not the only man she's been with. This is a whole process that she's done. Yeah. Time and time again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She'll find a new Bob sooner than later. Yeah. But, a new, which a new is why boob. it's so weird when she like starts talking shit to her about how she's like not going to get him back or whatever. Yeah. She's never going to be Bob's wife. No. Never. Mm-hmm. Ever. No. Never. She's never going to be any of those guys' wives. Mm-mm. And frankly, I don't think Bob even wants a new wife. I think he's literally just no, trying he to just kick wants around. Fuck. He just wants to kick around and well, be. My in favorite it. is when they enter that Zeppelin party, and like, she, what does he say? Oh my god, I just lost it. Where oh, where the the guy comes in there and he's like, hey, I, I recognized you from your scar. <laughs> And he, she, he was like, I was your surgeon. She's like, oh, yeah. And then he was like, I'm an accountant or whatever it is. Yeah, You're just like, ew. Yeah. She likes to fuck. She likes, she to, likes she, to get down. She likes to get down. And who are we to tell Trixie that she's wrong? Not me. No, 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 no none of us. I'm totally in support of it. Yeah, but. I'm just not in support of Bob. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless of Bob's being a piece of shit, Angela vows to get him back. She goes, I'll give him perfume and jazz until his head reels. He wants some hot, doesn't he? Well, all right, I'll give him a volcano. They'll have to call the whole fire department out to put me out. And then I'm like, well, that's foreshadowing of the fucking century. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we transition from that scene into an entirely different film. Miniatures of a Zeppelin right above the skyline of New York City mm-hmm. anchored the Zeppelin. Uh, the, I'll give you the stats of it. Uh, the the It starts with an invitation by a Mr. James Wade uh, inviting you to a masquerade aboard the Zeppelin CBP-55 in Northfield. Masks from 11 on. Uh, so this is, this is kind of the beauty of this film. The first shot of people entering this fucking party is a conga line of chaos filled with people in eyes wide shut masks and cat costumes yes and the this line this line of we're going nowhere we're going mad i think it's so funny you brought up the eyes wide shut thing because that was the first thing that michael and I oh said. yeah we this were is, like oh my god it's an eyes wide shut party this is there's an orgy about to happen welcome to my party fidelio <laughs> <laughs> Bob, now we have permission to do it. The censors can't stop us. <laughs> and if we're all a ball of flesh, who y- will know the difference? Oh my god. Yeah. And then we get a dance sequence called uh called I I I shit you not the ballet mechanique. <laughs> now, there's some fun trivia about this. Uh Theodore Kosloff, uh a DeMille regular uh, was tapped to be the dance director, but D- MGM was insisting on Leroy Prinz. Um, th- this uh, sequence was, it's pretty much felt that Kozlov designed this sequence, which is about the the beauty of electricity. Yeah, I- <laughs> it is weird. I kind of got it that vibe that it was about electricity. Oh no, I, I figured it was like an interpretive dance about like they are the electricity. They are the but clocks they of are the world. like the figurative 
electricity of life. This this whole uh, sequence, I you had to kind of describe it a little bit, like from a visual spectrum. Unless people have thankfully watched the film in advance, uh, the clock. There's these clock gears and the power of a modern spirit forming into an electric Aztec man. <laughs> <laughs> That then has a bunch of women dressed up as lightning bolts and electricity. Uh, the doing costume this. department jumping had a great around. Time. Yeah, they had so much fun. Yeah, they had they all kept the making fun. All these things. They That's had cool, I guess. They had all the fucking fun. There was a lot of paper mache going on. Yes, <laughs> I a saw lot. it. A lot of intricate design going into the absolute bizarre and the strange. It's 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 so fucking weird to be thrust it into this. When like some people, like you said, were eyes wide shut. Some people were like cabana dancers. Then there was that one person who was like French Revolution. Mm-hmm. No, this party did not have a theme. No, the thi- no one discussed this beforehand. The, the, no, Aaron. What the, was on the it, invitations? It, How did they even know it to show up in to begin with? Aaron, or what to be down for? Aaron, the theme was fuck it. <laughs> That's exactly oh my what God. <laughs> I got a little excited. Aaron, the theme was fuck it. Don't you didn't you read the invitations fine print? Fuck it. The theme the was fuck, fuck it clause. The fuck it clause. Yeah. Oh I put God. it in all of my invitations. Oh my God. It's it's how I it's how I'm known as the most eccentric oil baron this side of New York City. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh these gowns, by the way, this these costumes. By Adrian, MGM's stock costumer. Really? Yeah. Who? Just their stock chick who made the costume. Adrian was a name. Adrian was a name. Adrian Adolf Greenberg. Another Adolf in the world. Unfortunate. Uh, He. Adrian. He had that same design style, like an Edith head. Like that was so remarkable. Everybody knew what it was. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and the, the textures, the patterns. He went to town on this movie. Yeah, and the and, and the art direction from Cedric Gibbons and Mitch Lyson, director Mitch Lyson, oh, of such films yeah. as To Each His Own, a previous episode of this show, and Bob Hope's big breakout movie, The Big Broadcast in 1938. Uh, so you have plenty of people to contribute chaos to this production. Oh yeah. And the 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 ballet mechanique ends uh and it's intercut with these gears from a modern machine before the end of the number and the audience applauds going like we don't know what we're watching but hooray Yeah. We're drunk. <laughs> Basically, we're drunk. We're Let's drunk. fuck. We're drunk. We're high. And then the and they get commentary from the captain of the Zeppelins going like, "Well, this is one way of an ad- this is one way to advertise an oil company." <laughs> it's and, human oil. Yeah. And the captain's like, "It's shame. It's a shame to be seeing such a beautiful piece of flying machinery turned into a dense hole." I know. <laughs> captain Killjoy looking over here. Fucking seriously. Yeah, it's just like, "Shut the fuck up. Look at the majesty of the decadence on screen right now. This is he an orgy have- of Chaos. He doesn't have the flair like Jimmy does. No. But I love when Trixie tells him, she's like, you've always liked your women undercover. <laughs> <laughs> like when she's he's like, cover yourself up. And she's like, you always liked him undercover. He's like, no, you just look bad. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> right? No. I'm trying to save you, girl. This is a public event. 
Cover yourself, please. People are here. I can this see This is you. a sex party, but let's keep it tasteful. Um, and there's more guests arriving. We get people like Mr. and Mrs. Hi-Hat, Mr. and Mrs. Hilt, uh, or Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hot and Trot, Ew. Mr. and Mrs. Henry VIII. <laughs> Uh, and then Trixie comes as the golden pheasant or Miss Golden Pheasant. She refers to herself as a metallic chicken at a certain uh, point. She yeah. does, and she pokes a lot of dudes in the eye. Yes. With her feathers. Her feathers are too it's fucking out really there. It's really fucking funny to watch the dudes who accidentally Just react. Get st- yeah. stand, who are standing behind her. Sorry for you, bro. You're not going to have an eye after this scene. <laughs> no, but you, I mean, you'll have... Like three dudes, and then they... Their eyes, their face gets all like twitchy and shit. It's real funny. You'll, you'll have we'll a guys in the background. In this movie. You'll, you'll get laid, but you will lose an eye in the process. Definitely, you'll shoot Much your like eye with out. a chicken. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, Bob enters as Mister H E Man. <laughs> get it? Because it's He Man. He's greasy. I thought it would be funny if I called him that. Grease E Man. Grease E Man. Yeah, there you go. Grease E. He's nasty. Greasy asshole. <laughs> He's dressed up like Tarzan. Uh, he should have come as Dupont J. Shabag. Du Shabag. <laughs> uh, credit to Riff Tracks for that line. I just love it so much. Um, now, uh, but now uh, the the clock starts ringing. You know how we know the clock st- clock starts ringing because women dressed as clocks signify the hour. Why? You want to know what's in my head, ladies? It's not much. It's Jack Benny and these fucking clock dancers. <laughs> it's like you know how Homer Simpson like has like has like the silent cartoon mm-hmm. running in his hand. Just it's me with those clocks. Yeah. If I'm blank, if I'm drawn and blank, that's that, what's there. That's that. So yeah. now all of you can know like oh Zach's now thinking of Madam Satan again. It's <laughs> all he can do now. That's what lives in his soul. He's been poisoned by this movie. <laughs> Uh, and as these this this uh this, this alarm clock these alarm clocks with sentience kick off the hour and James demands a ring of the gong for people to take off their false faces and Jimmy goes and kind of greets everybody. Bob still thinks that uh, Jimmy has a secret sweetheart as they meet up with him. Because he's dumb too. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jimmy, uh, Bob, by the way, his costume is kind of like Robin Hood if he decided, decided to glam out a little bit with some sparklies on his fucking cuffs. Yeah. Um, think, think, uh, think a poorly thought out RuPaul drag costume. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what you've got here. I feel Sacura. that. Yeah, it's it's a costume that RuPaul would be like, no, you get the fuck out of my house, please. You need to try harder. <laughs> right? Try harder. Go back and do it again. Fix it. Yeah. I almost want Trixie and Katya to review this fucking movie on well, their Well, maybe website. if he went with his wife, she could have him, cupped him from looking super toe up. Yeah, you could have. Yeah. Her outfit was on point. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to it in a second because... Jimmy then calls for the most six beautiful women in the room, and then a whole flock of women engage. It was him. a lot more than six. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot more than six. You yeah. can't count. He's like, ladies, either. ladies, I don't want you this close for reasons that we can't talk about because it's 1930. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, it's within this that he announces that one of the women will be queen of the ball. Um, so just like high school, so they're gonna do the they're gonna do the prom king and queen. It's an auction. She's queen of it's the orgy. Auction. Yeah, let's it's get it gross. done. Yeah, it's 
it's it slowly turns into that Batman and Robin uh, scene where Poison Ivy is auctioned off for a date, and then you see Batman and Robin fighting over who's going to get the dater. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, the spirit of surprise comes up comes up first because she has nothing to hide, and all the men are like, "Oh my god!" All of those little saying. Yeah. Then there's the the there's a Look gal. Look at my labia. Oh my god. <laughs> it's all pretty visual. It is. You can see. It is pretty wonderful. Everything. Now go off with your date next lady please uh you're dressed up in a fish costume why because i'm the original fish story oh Oh, and then you you've got a bunch of stuffed animals attached to you in some (laughs) weird fever dream who are you and she goes i'm the call of the wild and he goes and then of course the man who looks like the uh the uh mustachioid hunter in fucking jumanji oh my god i was thinking the same thing yeah 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 it's 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 bizarre. And then drags um, her off like he hunted her. Yeah, it's very it's, bad. it's very very bad. Uh, and then gra- gowns representing rain and clouds, <laughs> uh, which were literally like the rain chick was just like those streamers from Party City. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go back so to Party was, City, bitch. <laughs> oh fuck! I have That's to. What be, I was I thinking. Ha- oh fuck! Adrian didn't give me my costume, and I have to be on set in an hour. Party City, help! <laughs> They literally just threw some fucking plastic streamers over that bitch and was like, go out, your rain. Hello, 1930s Party City. <laughs> your rain. Hello, 1930s Party City. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You need all of our sheep streamers? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry, get out the mother load. Put it all on her. Put it all on her. Because that's what you get. Oh, and by the way, get some of my cheap cotton too, because that's going oh, on yeah, clouds. Oh yeah, that's what I was about to say. The cloud shake is definitely just covered in like oh my God, leftover yeah. bed stuffing and like pillows. Asbestos. She's basically covered in asbestos. <laughs> just like ripped up in a fucking pillow. Yeah. And they were like, well, "Let's stick this on this bitch." Well, it, as my, fucking clouds. As my girlfriend pointed out, she just she was she has been asking lately, like, are all of these actors covered in asbestos? <laughs> Probably, and I'm just like, yeah, definitely, more than likely, hundred percent. The snow on the snow in the Invisible Man, probably asbestos. Quote, quote, snow. Yeah, snow in the Wizard of Oz is is confirmed asbestos or cocaine. Some people are just probably both. (laughs) Um, and uh, but then of course, uh, Trixie is up next, and. Bob immediately bids five hundred. This this auction is fucking disgusting and depraved, as per the Cecil B. DeMille style. This is not beneath him. He's done this multiple times and would keep on doing stuff like this. Um, I don't like him. <laughs> no, I don't um, like this man. But suddenly, amid all the chaos of the auction, a call comes from the distance. Who could it be? Is Who it? Who could it be now? Madam Satan. Who can it? Who can it? Who could it be? It's Madam Satan enters the room and she's a mystery. She's a fucking mystery. That's why they all are. Ugh, that is why they are all interested. It's because she's a fucking mystery and they haven't yeah. seen her before. She's a new toy. And Bob goes, do you know that devil, Jimmy? And Jimmy goes, no, but I'm going to. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> uh, and her plan starts working because she starts bewitching a flock of men to her allure. And we know it's Angela because we can clearly tell. You it's see not her that. fucking face. Yeah. Oh my God. My boyfriend, my boyfriend was like, he was like, oh my God, I can only see the two, th- two thirds of your face. But ever since you took off the other third, I know who you are now. <laughs> <laughs> it is 
kind of like Batman. You can't you can't like really suss out Bruce Wayne's face. He's got a pretty notable chin on magazines. Right? You have to know that that's Bruce Wayne underneath that. It's not right. that or hard. Clark fucking Kent. The Joker's like, fucking the glasses, stupid. glasses. <laughs> the fucking glasses. Yeah. You're not covering shit. Yeah. Lex Luthor and the Joker are fucking morons. <laughs> um, and um, uh, Bob gets jealous right away because he can't attain the affection of Madame Satan. Dressed very... This costume's fucking awesome. It is a cool Halloween costume. Oh, yeah. I would the love... The Madame Satan costume? I would love for this to make a comeback in the Halloween costume. I thought you were oh. about to say I would love to wear this for Oh, my God. Well, like Zach? Now, now. I love you, brother. Now, now. <laughs> but we're going to have to have a talk. No, no, no. Don't don't you dash my fucking dreams, please. <laughs> You really want to be mad? We live Satan in a new. Leave it. We live in a new age where anything is possible. I can teach you how to use titty tape. There you go. We'll get you some double sided tape. There you go. You know, a lot of like sheer fabric. You know what? We'll have a good time. Look, it's either this and glitter, it's a e- lot of glitter. It's either this being Jimmy for Halloween or the fucking dancing clocks. I'm gonna go with the most elegant and the least expensive. The dancing clock? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I probably could make that out of paper mache. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, so uh, this, so she's commanding all the attention. Bob's getting jealous, and Trixie goes like, "Ah, oh, forget that devil, Dane, and finish this auction." Because she's getting pissed because she's losing all the fucking attention. Um, and then we start getting into like one of many battles, which I titled "Miss Pheasant v. Madam Satan: Dawn of Bob," and the the, the she's demanding that Madam Satan remove her mask and then Madam Satan clearly diverts into that existential crisis of like, you are all wearing masks. All of you in your daily life. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> best turned it around real fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she goes and to Trixie. she still kept her mask on. Now, right. But, she, but she, she, she comes back quick to Trixie with like, it is obvious you are masking nothing. I know. Oh, Ooh, you're just a hoe all the time. <laughs> And then the dog pound from Arsenio goes, woo, 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 woo. Uh, and then the bidding gets higher from Adam Satan. Bob th- bids three grand on his own wife. Also, where's that money coming from? Her weekly allowance. All right. She can't break character, and she's just like, don't you think your wife would find that very, very wasteful to be spending all that money on little old me? Don't you think? <laughs> Just giving you a random accounting advice? Yeah. <laughs> now, it has nothing to do with your wife, who I certainly do not know. I'm just saying in general, married man, $3,000. She starts... Wait, I'm just going to let you get into it. But she does start giving him, like, life advice. I know. Undercover. Yeah. Like, girl, that's not smart. That's not how you undercover. No. 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 You are not doing yourself favors. She's a Madam Satan, but she's trying to act like a guiding conscious she, angel. But th- that's the thing. She's not a good Satan. Satan, I was not joking. Satan would not approve. Satan has this no fucking conscience. Yeah, no. He would, he, she's not a good representation. First of all, I would never give such wonderful advice. Only terrible advice. You sound like fucking Grover. <laughs> <laughs> Super Grover. Demon Grover. Demon Grover. Madam Grover. Um, but Bob and Madam Satan do get into a dance and they whisk themselves off to a secluded area of the Zeppelin and 
I love actually the way this scene is shot. It's a beautiful dance sequence. Like it's off. It's like the camera's just kind of panning with them. The background. Yeah. It gives me. I mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of like Disney esque elements in this. Yeah. The, the dance se- This dance sequence. We specifically. tried to make Madame Satan a princess of Disney. I was like, but it's it just like didn't a, work. I <laughs> wonder why. Wish. There were too I many wish. side boobs. And she didn't have a strong enough it. female like. You know. What's it called? Like a strong enough female presence. I want to give all the princesses a message. Um, her now. motivation for this movie was to get dick. That's kind of a, a hard sell. At no, Disney. to get her dick back. Yes, it's yep. like how Stella got her groove back. This is how Angela got her dick back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said that'll never work on a Disney poster. <laughs> oh my god! Not and even Angela close. Got her dick back. Yeah, we're gonna make the porno of this movie, and that's gonna be the title of it. How Angela got her dick back. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a lot more dicks in that dancing scene. Oh my you know god! <laughs> Saying if you if you think about it, it could be a, a multi a, a, a multifaceted porno <laughs> that has it has the everything for storyline. It has straight porn. It has gay. It's porn, a por- it has all the porn. It's porn with story <laughs> and heart. You mean a Cecil B. DeMille movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, meanwhile, Trixie starts to suspect that it's Angela. <laughs> Yeah, tries to get Bob back, and they get into a spat, and they engage in a contest. Madam Satan v. Miss Pheasant 2, Dawn of Jim, I guess. We need to include Jim again. Um, And they engage in a contest, and they blindfold Bob to try to see if he can recognize them by their kisses. This is fucked this is, this right? is not yeah. a good scene. This is a terrible contest. This made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. For he the gets girls, to watch all the these guy. women wa- kiss her husband. <laughs> Isn't that the problem? I was not a fan of this. Somehow. Also, fuck him. Somehow my party is more sadistic than Eyes Wide Shut. Can you imagine? Because <laughs> it's sadder. Yeah. It's a sadder party full of misogyny. I mean, when people chaos. showed up to that Eyes Wide Shut party, they were naked. They knew they were going to fuck. Like, everything was pretty much It was on a the very table. straightforward agenda. There was no... The, it there was, was a secret party with a secret location. Th- there was no roundabouting but with like, a Zeppelin. They knew, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. Not, we're not hovering over the city. I was like, what if I made my Eyes Wide Shut party obvious? <laughs> if anything goes bad, we can run out the front door. We don't have to parachute out the fucking plane. Now, now, now. It has to be difficult to escape your sinful party that's what i learned it's always much more fun that way do a little tap dance off the back end of this fucking thing don't spoil my original ending for the movie <laughs> <laughs> not even close it would have been great if he tap danced off that fucking it would have been awesome right uh, that, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> and then bogues bunny and that hunting dog are falling from the sky too ah that would be great. Um, and then we, but but, but um, I have uh, th- th- we get more. But Madam Satan, uh, oddly enough, he guesses Trixie for the most amorous kiss, but it's actually Madam Dumbass. Satan. You know, you know your know. wife. How do you not recognize that? That kiss? is what I'm I saying. Thought I said the same thing out loud. I was like, you know your wife's smell. You know what right? her lips are like. Well, no, he doesn't because he's away from know. home this all the time. This motherfucker is not observant, Look, and he is not at home enough. Bob's a, Bob's a misogynist and a fucking moron. He's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. Yeah, 
Accurate. He is a fucking dolt. And we, we, we get them again into another secluded corner, like a different room, show more of the set design, and DeMille going like, make it rain with all that production design. Everything. Plaster it all over this fucking MGM lot. And they go into this routine, and Bob is trying to seduce her, and Madam Satan's going like, <laughs> right. you shithead. Uh, you're such where's a Where's your wife? Yeah, where's your wife? Oh, my God. Um, no, she... And, uh, 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 like I have never, uh, I, what she says a line of like, I've never been able to believe anything I did was a sin. Um, whereas that's, you kind of can tie this into DeMille's religious bent and the way he approaches adultery here in this respect. Okay. Um, and, um, but as they, as they go She's off. She's really more su- of a conscience than a devil. Yeah. And as they go into the secluded corner. I don't corner, think Satan is an apt name. No, no. She's Madam devil lady madame conscience madame conscience and madame seduction yeah but she, she also she says like i mean i think this is like the ultimate role play for husband and wife he's like doesn't even fucking know they it's her too many people involved in their dysfunctional in their marriage. dysfunctional marriage agreed yeah. and she's talking about needed a sex you be, coach you be madame satan and i'll be glam and hood oh um, my god I rob from the very glitzy rich to give to the very glitzy poor right <laughs> the very glitzy <laughs> poor oh my god but she talks about the about being in love and being with love which I think is an important distinction I think it was really poignant to talk about that at that time obviously no one listened to it because it's important to know but she says Chloe nobody has time for that when I can have orgies on airships right seriously it was like oh my god I think we made the joke that it was like Caligula's blimp or something or like like Caligula's Zeppelin or something like that but it was just like without my mask Madame Satan is lost and you're like yeah because then you're just back to being that fucking housewife nobody yeah. likes and so as, she liked it and as we mentioned before at this point she calls calls him boob uh, with her fake boob. accent cause he yeah. is a boob stay yeah. away from me boob stay away from me boob also and then too- he runs her down He's very predatory. Oh, he did. This He's is so creepy. I did not expect Every him to do that. Every time she tried to run away, he was like there. But the last time he was like, I'm going to treat you, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, ooh, this is about to get dark. And then luckily, the airship is about to go down. No, well, well, <laughs> The well, only no, thing that no, saves no, her is that the airship is exploding. No, no, well, so before that, well, before yeah. that, it's funny because she goes, let Madame Satan take you to hell. And then Jimmy has a great one-liner where he goes, it's a waste of time to take a married man to hell. Yeah. He other, he, there's another hell line. He goes to, he goes like, so... To which part of hell will you take me first? (laughs) Choking on this fucking pig. (laughs) Also, in one of their many conversations that they stow away and have on this ever-expansive blimp. As Trixie's just fucking... It's pissed indi- off. They've been in there for a half the an hour. That's indecent. That's indecent. You're like, bitch, look at you. Hey, what if this blimp... Or a labyrinth. Oh my god. Oh my, my god. god. No. But Madam the idea Satan go through my labyrinth of hell. She asks Bob, Boob. She asks Boob, you love this woman. And he's talking they're talking he's talking about his wife. And he goes, I respect her. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. I had okay. Sidebar. Mm. I had a dude tell me once that he, so we were like hanging out and we were dating for a while and we never really, you know, hit a home run. But 
we were having brunch once and then he decided to, I was like what's going on and he decided to tell me that he slept with somebody else and then I was like okay but why he's like I respect you too much to have sex with you no no that's not an answer to which I looked at him dead in the eye with my mimosa in hand and I said that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard and it was it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard you can't just be like you can love and respect someone and then she's like I don't want your respect that means she wants to get down that's what you were getting at before yeah yeah but now, but now Bob is paying the consequence by going like, no, 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 you, you are such a boy. You can't kiss me. You can't touch me. Oh, and she, and when she calls him a little schoolboy, he responds know, with, funny. oh, well, let's play a little game. I'll be the schoolboy and you be my teacher. Ew, yeah. See gross. more role play. Yeah. Max Bialystok was just like writing that down for <sighs> the old lady game. <laughs> like oh that, God. that kind of mentality. And then. Uh, uh, then she, uh, she, uh, she, 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 as she's going through all of this, Trixie has been trying to track their time alone and she tracks it at 30 minutes because she's that obsessed with Bob. That's what I mean. She's like, yeah, they've been in there half an hour. (laughs) It's indecent. You sound like Lucille Ball. (laughs) I was about to say little Edie, but. Boob. Well, that's. Well, Little Edie's much more quiet than that. <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> um, Not when she's yelling at her mother. There's a fire in the hallway. Yeah. Shut up, mother. <laughs> Edith, will you stifle it down? <laughs> the raccoons that got in the roof again. <laughs> I can never tell if it's pate or if it's cat food. They look the same. <laughs> Probably is when we do our big and little Edie. Sometimes it blends into documentary now. <laughs> we don't know the difference. We're anymore. Jinx Monsoon. Yeah. Um, now we should point out though, because you already alluded to the the blimp going down. Well, there's a storm gathering. The movie poster also alluded to. Well, yes, yes. Okay, before the blimp goes down. No, no, no. Well, I'm going to say a storm's gathering around it, so okay. we already kind of know what's going on. Right. Meanwhile, Jimmy. Drops in on Bob and Bob chews him out. And Jimmy tries to play it off. Because he says he doesn't want his dirty hand-me-downs. Yeah. Which, and if you think about it, Trixie has everyone's hand-me-downs. They probably yeah. both fuck the same chick. Yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. In the same At the same time. I was about to say probably at the and, same time. And Jimmy tries to play it off that Madam Satan is his girl until Madam Satan takes off And then he's like, oh, Jimmy. shit. And yeah. then he looks super bummed. Yeah, and then tells Bob to go for it because now he know I know what's going on. Wink. You go for a boob. I mean, Bob. <laughs> Sorry. He is a fucking boob. You have to admit her accent rings some certain truths about you, boob. I mean, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that's when uh, the, uh, the we have this we go back to the party with this Zeppelin balloon, which I want to know who the fuck made that Zeppelin balloon and how I can get my hands on one just to have around the house. Um, it's a beautiful shot, actually, of the balloon being in frame. Just to have around the house. Just to casually. have around the house. Yeah, just along with my poster of the Irishman, my poster for Fantasia, my stilt, of, my hilt of a Batman cowl. You know, all that shit. I want Zeppelin balloons and any other movie prop that I can get my hands on. Um, but the 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 we are recalled to the dance hall, and the captain starts observing the storm clouds and suggests an evacuation. Storm's coming. Yeah, and then that's when <laughs> there's a there's a storm coming, Mister Wayne. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Um, and then we, we we get Bob and Madam Satan reconvening once more. Trixie tries to impress upon uh, the him, upon Bob by striking up the band in the middle of the party. It doesn't work. <laughs> You're supposed to play with the ship. And then Madam Satan commands the room for a face-off against Trixie or a sing-off, a dance-off. She- they circle each other like two Big old peacocks yeah. ready to fucking yeah. peck each other's eyes out. Yep. They're going to do it. It's going to be a rumble. And then she uh, then goes off to dance with some other man and tells Bob, you think you are Casanova. To me, you are just the Iceman. <laughs> I'm like, that's a line. That's a, mm-hmm. that, See if we can bring that one back, you know? Like, if, you, if you're trying to tell a guy to fuck off at the, at the club, mm-hmm. you know, you just go like, you think you're a Casanova, but you're just a fucking Iceman. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Those snaps were now everything. go chill out over there. Oh my god! Before uh, the before the ship goes down, did you guys notice the tea kettle or the coffee pots that they had? No, they tilted the spout downward and it poured the beverage out. Yep, that was bitching. I've never seen that before. <laughs> How do I find one of those? Well, um, funnily enough, I Cecil B. DeMille did create a gift shop and a Patreon, and you can. Oh my god! You can go to my Patreon to get that exclusive Madam Satan teacup, oh. and you can get a costume of. I don't want to give clock. him money. Yeah, you just got to fund all my films in my new independent production company that I've made here in hell. Oh my god! <laughs> um, now. Uh, uh, the big dance number breaks out with Madam Bob, uh, Madam Satan, and Madam Bob. Madam like Bob. Madam, I was Madam about Bob. to say, I really like Madam Bob. Madam <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Madam <laughs> Madam Boob and Madam Satan. Uh, 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 them they go to another room while another big dance number breaks out. Bob confronts her, and then she unmasks. And she says, "You told me I was below zero, so I raised my temperature." And Bob is. Fucking furious. I know. For some reason. I love it. You lied to me. Well, you're a piece of shit. You lie all the time. Yeah. Every day. This doesn't work. No. (laughs) Um, And just as they're they're coming to blows, the Zeppelin's about to blow up because of this storm. (laughs) Because the the Zeppelin breaks away. Which let's talk about the Zeppelin for a second. It's a fucking miniature. And you were talking about Oh definitely you you, and you were wanting to see this in color. Well they wanted these sequences to be in Technicolor, but the high speed photography of the miniatures wouldn't allow for Technicolor's process at that time, which was still fairly new. Okay. Um, After all, it would take people like Walt Disney to go like, say, I believe in this to make me money. (laughs) And so therefore they didn't go with the Technicolor scheme of it. But imagine how beautiful that would have looked. I know. This movie would have looked That was what she texted me. It was just like, if this was in color, holy shit. Yeah. So at this point, it's similar to Titanic, really. You know, Jack and Rose are off in a corner. I thought about that movie too. Except you don't want to punch Jack in the mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to punch? You want to punch Jack in the mouth? And there's no way that I would allow room for him on a fucking uh, on a door. fucking door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You float your ass down there, motherfucker. You float your ass down to that <laughs> you ground. Poor right bitch. Now. Yeah. That's why you were at the bottom of the ship, motherfucker. Oh yeah. Um. So the 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 zeppelin breaks away and begins to twist in the storm, and Bob and Madam try to find an exit, and there's organized chaos. Everybody's trying to fucking evacuate from this shit. Everybody's trying to like they're they're it's a bunch of rich people going like we've never been in danger before no right they're really funny to they're, watch they're, those it, yeah it's just like no it's like a Benny Hill sketch oh, yeah God, I know oh, to watch them oh, all oh sink you know what's down. Down. 
and the uh the captain commands them to get into these parachutes which my girlfriend asked they're not handing them parachutes and then i had to be like no 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 just wait they're they are they are the uh harnesses that attach to parachutes that are already stationed outside of the zeppelin so at least they had a safe evacuation plan not like the titanic like 10 people that's not true they do make an announcement on how many people get hurt at yeah exactly whereas the titanic was just like oh we thought this was a leisure cruise um fend for yourselves Sorry. Sorry. Hashtag sorry. Hashtag not sorry because we got your money. <laughs> this we liner company money. made bank. We got insurance. Yep. <laughs> um, and then Bob goes to find parachutes and finds that the madness of these rich boobs, uh, tr- uh, boobs. trying to put things on, like trying to put these on. I don't know how a harness works. No. It's not a kinky one, so I don't understand it. <laughs> um, and we get... I'm wearing too many clothes for this. Yeah. And Bob begrudgingly finds a parachute for Trixie because he goes, I don't want you on my conscience. And I'm like, wow, you have no you have no reason to be on a high ground of any kind. Dude, I would have pushed that bitch overboard. <laughs> Boom over. Her and boob. Nobody would know. Yeah. Yeah. That ship went down. She was Tragedy. klutzy. Yeah. Oh, oh! She might have had great casualties. dance legs, but she didn't have. Air, she oh. didn't might have had great dance legs, but she didn't have any air legs. Okay, so no, she just no, whoop overboard. No, no, that funeral is 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 going to be filled with like she had all the talent in the world except the talent to land gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a clown comes out in the middle of that funeral and just honks his horn. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and then Angela gives her parachute to Trixie. On the condition that she never see boob again. <laughs> She's like, yeah, bitch, you guys are going to die on this thing. I right? yeah, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag later, dudes. Bye. Bye. Yeah, she got courage real quick to do, to jump in there and go. Bye, Felicia Satan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she my did, God. though, because... Angela basically. Oh, she did to have to shove her. Yeah. So she did She's get to like, push I her. Can't do it. Oh, I will take that fucking parachute back. Right? <laughs> get out. Yeah. And uh the and then the 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 uh Bob then gets the tries to get the spirits up for people. Kind of like the band on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> and going like strike up the band to get people's spirits up as they put these parachutes on. Also, um, too, there was that I'm sure you're gonna mention it, that fat motherfucker that was like, I need two. I need two harnesses. This, no. This, that's not how no, that works. not our fault. There's a weight limit, bitch. Go. Yeah, uh. Exactly. <laughs> get, get, guess all your gluttony in the bourgeois has Rude a price bitch. to pay. <laughs> that's another <laughs> life because you're worried that your ass is going to fall too fast. Physics. That's what it is. Yep. Aim for the water. Yeah. Yeah. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high If you want to lighten your load, shot. pee a little bit maybe. Yeah. Maybe, you know, empty... <laughs> empty yourself to lighten the load maybe use that. all that money to get in a good exercise regimen i know your schedule can afford it right seriously <laughs> um and then the the raucous uh the raucous work of uh of the of the crowd trying to get these parachutes on and then they start descending into the ground this actually this process this these, is a fun scene it is yeah, a fun these, one. These, this, this process shots of the of the people falling on the parachutes actually looks pretty cool like mm-hmm. it's not like it's not it doesn't feel aged necessarily Apart from considering the time that it's in, but like considering the era that it's in, he has a lot of flair with mm-hmm. with that with that special effects process. Demille was actually very like 
calmly innovative in his time he did help provide a lot of stuff for sound film to innovate like introducing more of the boom mic and using the crane to kind of solve a lot of those sound issues Mm -hmm. um he was also actually an innovator of of his own kind of technicolor process which was kind of like hand tinting the frames like the george melier trip Mm -hmm. to the moon kind of thing and it's funny i kind of wish that he had applied this to the madam satan treatment but i maybe mgm didn't want that i don't know it was probably expensive enough as it was let alone to have pay laborers to paint each cell yeah exactly we can't afford color dude look what you you put fucking dancing clocks in this fucking movie you think i can afford anything else going on it, you know the, the the whole all the whole budget went into those fucking clocks. Yeah, Jan, Jan, you know, like here's something to think about. Janine McPherson was actually also one of Demille's mistresses. Do you think they just had too much coke one night? <laughs> had 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 a raucous time, and then thought of like, what if all the random shit we said in the middle of our evening together was a movie? <laughs> Zamblin yeah. dance dance scene. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, though, is for all the dance scenes that I've seen of that era and beyond that, it felt like a sloppy dance scene. I know it's supposed to be mechanical, but it felt sloppy. Yeah, but agree. at the same yeah. time, it's it's something to watch. This is the reason why people might go to the film. <laughs> that's true. It was something to watch in sound. Everybody was going to a sound film regardless of how good it was because it had talking in it. Can we change our our podcast name from required viewing to something to watch (laughs) (laughs) it's for all the mediocre films um now uh the the people start floating down to earth uh trixie begs for help with her parachute bob goes back to angela and grabs a parachute for her as well and trixie leaps to safety unfortunately um and bob has to force the parachute on angela because she's fighting like no 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 i won't let you die it's you're a piece of shit (laughs) i know you uh, whore. No, no, you've got we to go were down. gonna watch this together, and I'm, I'm so glad, glad we, we didn't. Did yeah, I'm glad we didn't because we could save it. Because I know that you and I would have been oh, so was, upset. I probably would have. You would have kept pausing it to to rage yell at the and television. Rewind. I yeah. did rage yell at the television in front of my partner. Like mm-hmm. Michael was like, "What's happening in here?" I was like, "Go away!" In <laughs> you don't even need to know. It just don't look at happening. me. Watching Madam Satan. <laughs> no, so I watched the first half by myself, and then I watched the second half with my boyfriend and he was just that like, was an appropriate what? decision yeah and he was like what and i just my favorite thing as he mentioned her whole plan hinges on being the hottest thing in the room and to have all eyes on her like if that didn't work plan busted if she was busted her plan was busted precisely precisely <laughs> this whole movie only her works whole she's plan hot. hinges yeah. on her body and her confidence yeah and when it's all said and done, she's willing to throw all of her character down the toilet for this clearly sack of garbage. One hundred percent. Yeah. So Jimmy, uh, though, meanwhile, refuses to leave. He's refusing to leave. He goes like, "No, I'm gonna go down with the ship. See it through to the end." Valhalla. <laughs> uh, and Zep- I'll never be able to live out all my gay dreams. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Gentlemen, it's been an honor boning with you. Oh, my God. And then you start hearing the violins playing as they sink to the ground. <laughs> um, uh, so, But then the Zeppelin begins to swirl around and tear apart the seams uh, and really breaks in half. Not unlike go. a certain ship that 
James Cameron made a boatload of money off of. Yeah, it really does. I was really thinking hard about the Titanic I at know. the end of this movie. I was Every like, night looks- in my airship. <laughs> see you, you piece of shit. <laughs> but I somehow still want to go, go on. on. <laughs> Um, and the band stops, by the way, because they're just they like, oh, yeah, they're now like, we want to live. I want to go. Listen, Abe Lyman and his orchestra need to get back to New York because they're due for an appearance on the Jack Benny program in six years. <laughs> that is the name of the band, by the way, Abe Lyman and his orchestra. Cool. They can kind of be seen in the film. And he can put another Jack Benny bingo card down. There you go. Jack Benny. Jack Benny. It's all connected to that wonderful comedian who I <laughs> appeared on in his own show. There you go. Um, now, uh, Bob contends, as we said, to stay aboard the ship for safety, or maybe he's just like, I don't know what to think anymore. My wife's I a feel devil like maybe gal. maybe he might think this is like an out. Yeah, he's just like, I don't He's know. having a major crisis right now. I, I could, could just get out of this. I can go to heaven and just make down. out with a bunch of angels. Harry, Carey, look like a hero, look like a fucking hero. Be yeah. a martyr, even though, even though yeah. it's a total yeah, piece this of fake, shit. Yeah, it's a fake martyrdom. That's what I wanted to point that yeah. out. It's kind of like a fake, like, bullshit, like, self-sacrifice. It's, it's too late. That's what I, I think I literally yelled He's at at the screen. Was, I was like, it's too late. Too, it's too late to apologize. It's too late. That's what I, okay, I really, you know in Les Mis, the film version that they did, where fucking Russell Crowe's character is teetering on the edge singing about how awful that. it is. I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Okay, well, he's teetering on the it. edge of this dam talking about how horrible everything is. And literally, I, I was like, I think I might have done it, but not very loud. But I was just like, just jump. <laughs> like, oh, my God, just fucking do it. Like, stop talking about it. Just do it. And that's kind of what I felt like with this. I was like, dude, just fucking die already. Like, it's fine. You should, okay, you, you unfortunately. Should come, you know, unfortunately, what? He doesn't die. <laughs> he doesn't die. No, no, no. Bob does not die. Bob lives. Um, to continue to be shitty. Yes. Now, as the Zeppelin breaks into two and starts swirling down to Earth, Bob dives to safety down in the river before it all careens to the ground. Lucky bitch. Angela <laughs> floats down to safety into a car, um, uh, and uh, she, uh, the the people in the car are just like, oh, my God, no. And she's like, please, please help me find my husband. And, and they leave. They're like, oh, my God, she's an alien. They yeah. jump out of the car. At least they, they leave run. her the vehicle. Yeah, and then um, uh, amongst all the other rich people floating, like one lands on top of a. Um, I think is it in a Trixie? I believe it's Trixie lands in a house full of men. Uh, so a it's locker. like it's oh, like it's a, a bathhouse locker room thing. I they're said all it was a gay mas- bathhouse. Yeah, no, they're all getting massages, and the one dude's like. I love this. It's like my favorite time when I can be away from my wife and all the women. And then this fucking woman comes in. They're like, it's a girl. And And then they run away. She's like, oh, fellas. And they're like, we don't want you. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Jimmy's just like, that's where I wanted to land. That is where Jimmy should have landed. I would have been where I belonged. (laughs) I want to be where the gay men are. (laughs) I want to be where this bads are steaming. I want (laughs) to... Wish I could be in that bathhouse. Part of that hole. (laughs) Look at this ship. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my bourgeois collection's complete? (laughs) Wouldn't you think my boners can kind of neat? Now, you all better stop uh, aping my work because I'm going to throw a lawsuit down on your asses so fast. (laughs) Foghorn Leghorn, where'd you come from? <laughs> this is Walt Disney. This is Tom Hanks' Walt Disney, damn it. <laughs> uh, 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 
I do declare. <laughs> I know. That's what exactly Pam- what I was thinking. Pam- Pamela Travis. Say, Pamela Travis released the dogs. <laughs> This Georgia heat is mighty hot. <laughs> you need to rewatch Saving Mr. Banks and try to suss out that accent. Tom right. Hanks is not really good at accents, even unless he's playing per- Goldthwaite Hickelson Door in the remake Did of the Lady Killer. Or Forrest Gump and Jenna. Did you see the new Pinocchio? Yes, I did. I did not. There's I a, you, almost I was like I had my cursor hovering over you know it. you how you can sum up I there's there's admirable parts of that movie for me but you can sum up that movie by a line Geppetto says to the seagull he goes I have some fine garbage for you <laughs> 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 and I'm like that I don't makes know makes me want to watch it and I'm like right. Walt Disney I don't I appreciate I don't appreciate your company fucking like mocking me while I'm watching this movie for review um, oh, now yeah, uh, so but funny. yeah uh, Trixie falls into the into the bathhouse where Jim wants to be um and then we get another person landing who there was a hindu costume uh, aboard this ship and we get an unfortunate unfortunate lady with the five hands yeah that shit was yeah we hilarious we get an unfortunate scene of racism in this movie very much a group of african-american men playing dice and the gambling only african-americans in this entire movie this yeah this is a going <laughs> off of the uh stereotype of of a cowardly african-american the step and fetch it portrayal and they go like i i, I this is like i ain't scared of anything and then the person, i ain't scared of nothing yeah. i ain't afraid of nothing no how yeah and and then, i ain't afraid of no voodoo or yeah whatever. I, I, w- I was I, I was curious how you would react to that scene because i forgot that it was in there when i laughed it. honestly <laughs> oh, because i just thought that it was just like this cut co- like out of the context of what they were trying to laugh at it for. Yeah. I just thought there was this cocky guy amongst his friends who was like, nothing scares me. I'm not scared of nothing know-how. I'm not scared of voodoo. Also, don't say that shit. It's, it's, it's more or less like the reason that it's problematic ultimately boils down to they are engaged in a stereotype. Of uh, two, dominoes. Uh, dominoes and, a, and the stereotype of being scared. Like, Well, they're scared, but it's funny because it's this bitch with like paper mache arms. Which I, I think saw- when I saw her costume, the first thing I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Consequently, I'm I'm in their shoes where I'm like, if I was seeing that, I'd be scared shitless too. Back like, in back then, when you weren't like, I feel like again, we are desensitized to stuff like that. Like if we saw that, we'd be like, those arms aren't real. But back then in 1930, well, we're or like so 20s, used, we're so used to deities falling from the sky right now. I mean, um, or or Iron Men or Captain America's, which is interesting because it's a Hindi deity, mm-hmm. and then it's falling on yeah, yeah. Don't but try to. Ex- that could have been. But if they had it dropped down on some Indian, you know, people, I think it would have been even more racist. Chloe, don't be ridiculous. We couldn't afford that kind of racism here. <laughs> Too expensive. Oh, We're already spending whole, money on the airship. There's a whole slot in the budget for racism back then. Not according to LB. We needed to have a minimal amount, but we had to spend too much on the airship. So no. <laughs> Not racist enough. <laughs> That was probably Louis B. Mayer's uh, notes in the studio. <laughs> Not oh racist God. enough. Oh my God. Um, now, um, now uh, Angela, like I said, she lands in her car. Uh, a woman lands on a weather vane begging for help, and someone passing by goes oh, like, I it's too this. late now. I'm having the same conundrum, <laughs> and, <laughs> whatever it was. And then poor Jimmy, instead of landing in a brothel full of men, poor Jimmy. lands in a lion's cage. And the guard goes, what Such are you doing boy. here? And and Jimmy goes, what a silly question. It because is. He's why? wearing a fucking parachute. Like, it's very obvious. That he obviously, he missed. 
I want to bang the lions, duh. Of course I just fell out of an airship. Get me out of yeah, here. Yeah, swap Trixie and Jimmy's like landing situations and that movie would have been way better. Yeah. And then uh, but everybody falls <laughs> to the to the to uh to safety. But Jimmy, question mark, we're kind of left with him with those lions. But it's okay because then a newspaper flashes on the screen going like, gay party in peril when Bolt hits Zep all safe. See, gay party. Yeah, at least they got that right in the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The media tries to spin everything. This time they were honest. I, the baron of an oil company, don't appreciate the media misrepresenting my Zeppelin party. (laughs) Um, Now we cut to Angela and Bob at home, and Bob has a broken arm. (laughs) Just a broken arm. Leave him there. Fell fell all the way from a fucking airship in the river. Just a broken arm. He dove into the ocean. This isn't a visual medium, and no one can see the fucking contempt on my face for this dude. (laughs) <laughs> and, Bob. and Bob is just still he's still very very pissed at Angela for lying to him Angela should put her foot in his <laughs> no she should shove Bob underneath that piano and start banging it you know Here's what she needs to do she needed a fucking pitchfork and then she could have taken care of business she understand what Madam Satan really should have been it should have been her coming out party Punishment. not only as like a woman like in full control of herself and her sexuality and trying to reclaim reclaim her man, but also becoming a dominatrix. Here's the problem, though. It was supposed to be my coming out party. It was. It was. <laughs> and it was ruined by a storm. There wasn't enough pleather. There wasn't enough heels. She needed a whip. She needed to put him in his place. She needed to yeah. say, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. And then yep. Bob would go, but a kiss could be deadlier if you mean it. <laughs> And then they end up singing. And then you hear Susie and the Banshees. (laughs) Yeah, and then they end up singing, and she keeps trying to flirt with him and cheer him up. He doesn't need to be cheered up. Asking questions like, well, where did you you ever learn to dance like that? Oh, oh, um, and she goes, we love and learn. You know where she learned to dance like that? In all the hours that you weren't at home. Yeah, his heart, though, melts. And he tries to keep his fake anger up by still pretending to be upset. Um, uh, but, um, he is smitten with her and, uh, he tries to swoop in and, uh, uh, salvage the relationship when in walks Jimmy looking like he's been fucking mauled Mauled by lions, mauled by lions. (laughs) And he goes in, God, Jimmy is the best character in this movie technically because he goes in and goes, if you're going to divorce her, I'm going to marry her. Mm -hmm even though it will be a marriage of convenience. And um, uh, in this... uh, I will allow her to peg me. (laughs) (laughs) Such is the way of the decadent late 20s. We haven't had the depression hit yet in this land. (laughs) My oil company's doing just fine. I got out right in time. And um, uh, this comic mishap is caused by Jimmy... Uh, to because uh, he doesn't know that they've kind of reconciled and whatnot. And Angela concedes that if she understands, she she understands why Trixie would fall for Bob. That was dumb. Angela, <laughs> was Angela, girl, you need to pack that bag again. Snap his hand if he tries to unpack for you. Break his other hand. Break his other hand so he can't pack for you because he. I'm pretty sure he can't pack with his feet. What is this? 
Todd Browning's freaks. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, but then Bob admits that Angela is the woman for him, yeah. and that he has been a fool. Like now you figured it out after is- he threw a final fucking hissy fit. This yeah. whole movie is hashtag toxic relationships. Sorry, agreed. Sorry, Bob, but I have to point out that we've been trying to tell you this for about an hour and fifty five minutes. And I don't understand why you had to put me through hell and why I had to be mauled by a lion just for she you to understand sl- that you're a fucking asshole. She should have slammed that piano lid shut, packed that bag after he can't fight her, and then fucking dip. And that would have been the best ending. I like that ending, Chloe, because then that means it's just me and Boob alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finally, I'll take care of you. And then Jimmy limps off screen to leave them to catch up with each other in the film ends. Poor Jimmy. And MGM production of a Cecil B. DeMille production of a chaotic production of Madness. <laughs> now, the censors, um, it's funny, like you hear about pre code Hollywood having censorship issues, but this film actually kind of got ahead of the curve. Cecil B. DeMille's just like, oh, no, 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 they've been after me before. I know what to do right now. Get this script to a censor ASAP and see what we can cut right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I'm sure he went to the to, to the censor with the script and then just described it to him while on coke, going like, and then an airship flying and creaming from the sky, and people are danced as clocks. And there's fire. Yeah, and... and then there's a gay man who wants to come out at this party, but we can't talk about it because it's verboten. I wonder what he cut. Oddly enough, not that much. Um, uh, the because they saw it as up. potentially objectable. Um, uh, there was a there, there's a book. Um, uh, about pre-code cinema uh, written by um, a Gregory D. Black called Hollywood Censored. Uh, the book points to uh, that they agreed to put less revealing costumes on the girls at the masquerade party, body, stark, body, stark, <laughs> body stockings, larger fig leaves, and translucent fishnets took care, took care of most of the nudity, and the drinking scenes were toned down. Even though there is a scene where a bunch of women come out in Zeppelin go-karts and deliver beer. That's that another was, yeah. That's another scene we didn't talk about, but I want one of those little Zeppelin go-karts in the house. Right? I that's literally what I said when they came out. I was like, you I don't want have, one. You don't we have can to deliver beer in that thing. You can deliver other things in the thing. Well, I'm sure there was there was cocaine underneath the tray. First taste is free at my Zeppelin party. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and though, and Angela's Madam Satan costume was made to look less revealing, which yeah. I'm like, what was the original design? Right, Adrian, I need some just a pair of horns. I need to be just a pair of horns. She walks out naked as the day is born. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. And her dumbass husband still couldn't recognize and her. And Bob was just supposed to be in nothing but a Robin Hood thong. <laughs> it was my dream, <laughs> my dream party. Got thwarted by a storm, um, and uh, and there's an entire scene of this film removed where Angela confronts Trixie, and Trixie is shown to be wearing a very sheer nightgown because yeah. she has nothing to hide. Do you see that he's winking? Oh, <laughs> uh, Madam Satan. This isn't a visual medium. No, it's not. Of course not. But you can't see. But Madam Satan is a very visual medium. It is. <laughs> I can like see her labia. Like yes. we could see everything. What is she trying? No. Okay. Also, what was the why the little flame beauty mark? The if thing you will. that kept going in her mouth that was driving me crazy. The I whole thought time it could be a microphone, thing? and then I realized I it was a makeup like, choice. Nope. It was weird. It's 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 
Cecil B. DeMille and his team throwing everything at a Coke-fueled wall yep. and saying, what's going to fucking stick? Film mm-hmm. it! <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the, res- the result of this, this uh, drug-fueled nightmare, <laughs> uh, uh, Madam Satan is released um, in a market that was already saturated with musicals and was a financial flop. I see. It I lost guess, a yeah. net loss and had a net loss of three hundred and ninety thousand dollars, which I, is no 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 small change in yeah. there. New York Times reviewer Mordaunt Hall described the film as an inept story with touches of comedy that are more tedious than laughable, and noted it's a strange conglomeration of unreal incidents that are sometimes set forth with little to no technical skill. It begins with a flash of a bird bath. And and closes with the parachuting of passengers from a giant dirigible that is struck by lightning. This production, when in which occasional songs are rendered, <laughs> boasts <laughs> boasts of boasts of nowhere than few boasts of no fewer than forty six listed characters besides Abe Lyman and his band. Uh, and then Edward Sh- uh, Schallert of the Los Angeles Times said, "The general impression of the Demille picture is that it is too much in one key." And I and I want to stop there because I'm like, no, 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 Edwin. There's a bunch of fucking keys to this movie. Too there's many. The, there's the melodrama key. There's the the there's the 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 Jimmy key. There's the piece of shit Bob key. There's the Zeppelin key. There's the dancing clocks key. This movie's fighting. This movie's itself. a fucking key party. Yeah, literally. You can't figure out what it, it wants right? to be. Right? Yeah. It was supposed to be a key party too on the Zeppelin. Um, now, uh, uh, but he goes on to say the superabundance of sound palls and leaves one weary. Besides, there's a staginess about the whole result that casts anything approaching convictions to one side. And I'm like, I don't think he watched the second half of the movie. <laughs> Doubt it. Probably no, walked out and he went. Probably gave up. He gave up. He was like, I'm done with this. He was like, look, Jim's not getting together with boob. Fuck this shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I came for. They're never going to make the movie I, Edwin, want. (laughs) Uh, And then the film Daily... uh, it, which was a trade paper that was uh, read by theater owners, uh, highlighted its, uh, it highlighted the film uh, and reviewed the film as filled with total amounts of excess uh, and uh, noted its frequent use of risque lines. And it was basically a, a way for theater owners to be like, should we put this in our, Martha, should we even put this film in our theater? It seems like it's a risk from the censorship, let alone the loss of profit to our theater. Let's just show the public enemy instead. <laughs> like, uh, and um, it, the summary in all capital letters on October 5th said, typical DeMille orgy of spectacular settings and costumes with hot lines that will, that kill it for family trade. That's not what you want to hear. No. What? Of course it's for families. (laughs) Bring more Coke. More Coke. More. (laughs) Bobby, get in here. Get in here. We need to finish this outline right now for Madam Satan 2. Oh my God. Zeppelin Boogaloo. Now (laughs) Now I want more dancing clocks. I want more Zeppelin go-karts. We need more feathers. And I want Al Jolson in a chicken costume, damn it. Get him in there. And prepare for the follow-up movie, Jimmy and the Steam Baths. Yes. So we need Jimmy to come out, okay? It's like the movie In-N-Out. He needs to finally discover himself, damn it. 
It, what's in and out? It's a movie that'll happen in '97 with Kevin Klein. It's Don't not important about it. right Fucking now. Brilliant movie. <laughs> it's a brilliant. I like that. Frank Oz I killed love it. Love that movie. Um, so good. Now, uh, 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 there's a there's there's this film has like a 40 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like a 23 <laughs> percent uh, mm-hmm. audience approval or something Correct. like that. Yep. I think that I might. Out. I don't know if I'm. Yep. Mi- I don't know if I'm mixing up the numbers. The point is, is that this movie is considered rotten, and yet when I when you look around, there is a fan base for this film from the campiness level down to the wardrobe Dude, that, alone. I don't understand why there's not more drag queens doing shit from this Seriously, movie. Seriously, right? This movie's insane. This is this the is costume. This yeah. is a, this is an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race that 100%. should have happened years ago. Right. Then, um, or it did happen years ago. Yeah. Now <laughs> this does have some preservation notes about it though too. The original print still survives, but it's missing one musical number, which I'm like, what else? Did we miss the orgy scenes? The orgy yeah. scene. Oh There's yeah. There's a musical orgy scene. Uh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They were all oh, singing oh, slash oh. wink wink singing. And then I'm gonna tell the censors to go fuck themselves, and they're all gonna rip off their fishnets <laughs> and just get naked on the ground and start fucking on this zeppelin. <laughs> that did mean it wouldn't surprise me print if you tried. It. Yeah, print it. <laughs> Cut print it. Print. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. You print it. And I want it in Louie's office by next Monday. Oh my God. I want to put a scare in that piece of shit upstairs. <laughs> um, and uh, 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 the uh, uh, there's a modern consensus of this film that uh, summarized by uh, Jonas Norden uh, for all talking, all singing, all dancing. that says DeMille is using too much of everything just because he can. Which yeah. is kind of true. I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. See, I see. I see that. I yep. See. I yeah. See that. Um, now, but the so there was a uh, uh, the 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 reviews of the film in question from the era uh, say that it is actually a the missing scene is actually Kay Johnson and Reginald Denny singing "This Is Love" while aboard the airship. Uh, but do, 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 this is no ordinary love. That's right. It's kind of a messed up love when you think about it. She should have left him a long time long ago. Time. Oh, forever This is ago. an abusive relationship. The minute she saw the Mrs. Brooks in the newspaper and realized that she wasn't out. To the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. Everything I own in a box to the left because I'm leaving. <laughs> now, in terms of how we talk about this from from modern context. I think there is some lessons to learn. I want to point to the idea of if there's a trend going on in Hollywood, sometimes they'll greenlit any greenlight anything to catch the momentum. Correct. Mm-hmm. Musicals in particular kind of fall under this because I think a lot of musicals were greenlit in the wake of Chicago and not all of them succeeded at all. Like um, modern Chicago, oh seven, yeah, oh two, oh two. Uh, the 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 one with Richard Gere Richard and all that Gere, jazz, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, oh, was that really oh two? Yeah, it was oh two. No, it was the yeah. one with Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Chicago we needed. Get from the old razzle dazzle. Come on, work it out. Sweat it out. <laughs> um, but the idea of like a musical, like people hopping on the bandwagon, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a big hit, especially if you're over inundating the market. Or like when you like this is a weird example for I think it was like 2010. There was two competing Snow White movies: Snow White and the Huntsman, and Mirror Mirror with Julie. Julia Roberts. Mm. You come out in the same time, like people try to catch that wind and that doesn't always work out in your favor. You might catch some of it, but not all of it. Um, And also this has, this seems to have some kind of a lesson about like a director with too much 
power and what they can just put into whatever they want to do. I know Inuratu is kind of getting this leveled against him for his new film. Uh, the idea of just like, well, like as, as you, you shouldn't denigrate my, my artistic vision by saying that I'm overindulgent, but fucking like sometimes there is such a thing as overindulgence. Cecil B. DeMille was the king of that. And sometimes yeah. you can recognize it. Now, some directors can take this overindulgence and put it to their advantage. I'm not the world's biggest Baz Luhrmann fan, but God damn it, everything he puts on screen is both glamorous, extravagant, and does serve the story. It does serve the story. That's that key. That yeah. last one. What? The end one. Serving the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serving Not the much story. of what happened here. No, the story. none of this film serves no. any story of a musical. I have no reason to be invested in Angela and Bob getting back together. Fuck I no. mean, if you break this down to the basics, you basic 101, you're in your freshman story writing class, creative writing, whatever, just learning the basics of a story structure, beginning, middle, end. Yeah. And it's a very clear example of how there is none. Yeah. And just because you have splashy visuals does not mean you have a strong story. It's funny that we talked about uh, Madam Satan in the context of Titanic, which my first impression when I saw this movie was like, it's Titanic before Titanic. It's fucking incredible. Um, But also like James Cameron made Avatar and for all the beautiful vision that he possesses with that CGI and the 3D, that story is fucking weak by comparison to literally Titanic. Barn gully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherfucker yeah. likes to steal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that he doesn't have a strong storytelling acumen. It's just that he is like, he's not even trying to deviate from a norm. Mm-hmm. And like, at least he can say that Avatar is definitely more well structured as a story than Madam Satan is. Yeah. But, but still, it's style over substance. And, Sometimes you want a movie like that. Like this is a, I love this movie because it is a pure example of Hollywood trying to catch up with this new technology and throwing anything at the wall they can. Absolutely. People are not, don't give a shit about the story. They don't care about the quality of acting. They care about the fact that people are talking and singing. And even if this film is a financial failure, people probably still go, did go to it because it's all said and done. It's something to watch with sound in it. All because of me. Wah. Something to watch. Something to watch. It's something to watch. This is also an example of not every Golden Age Hollywood film is like a bestowed classic that the Correct. Academy re repeats on a loop. There's some clunkers in Golden Age Hollywood. But funnily enough, these clunkers are far more valuable in a respect than clunkers that you get down the line. Because it is a lesson of like Hollywood at its most glamorous and ambitious tumbling and stumbling and you kind of want to look at that because this is the golden age of films this is the golden age of cinema allegedly <laughs> allegedly until martin scorsese made it even better just saying um but uh so like it, it is an example of not all of these films are classics however it is also a lesson of art is subjective and it is okay to like a movie and i love this movie because of its camp value, because of its decadence, because of its over-the-top nature, you, in some ways, I wish a film that was gonna go this over budget today would would incorporate elements like this as opposed to just throwing CGI at the wall. Go out on costume design. Go out on set design. Give me a feast for the eyes. You know, like that's something that this film does provide 
in lieu of me wanting to go watch another Transformers movie or another MCU movie at times. It's just like, yeah, I've seen Captain America before, but I haven't watched Madam Satan again and noticed all the details in the art direction and go like, wow, this is beyond incredible craftsmanship for a studio and for a team of people making a movie that technically makes no fucking sense, but somehow permeates because of its imagery. It's also a testament to the way imagery itself is can be strong in our minds because Madam Satan, the costumes like pretty like it's not as revealing as other costumes in this film. It's, it's got iconography written all over it. You could stick this in a golden age of Hollywood scrapbook and it would stick out. Absolutely. Instantly. It's a testament to that craftsmanship of technical wizards. That's what I would call it as craftsmanship for sure. This is a craftsmanship film. Those miniatures are fucking dope. They're Mm -hmm. awesome. The miniatures are fucking dope. I love miniatures though. I I wanted to ask you guys though, like, do you see any lessons to take away from Madam Satan when you were watching it? Hmm. Lessons to tell her? <laughs> Angela, yeah, I got much. a book, girl. We need to. I was upset, but we that. need to call you a shelter. We need to get you a caseworker. I've been trying to do that, but she just won't listen. And Bob is ever so close in my grip. <laughs> he seems to have been alienating her. This is a very toxic relationship. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And this is also an example, by the way, of how, like, with, 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 for people of looking how. You know, there's some films that get labeled with like problematic relationships that are still considered classics. I'd argue that this is worse than some of the ones that have been hit with those labels, like screwball comedies and whatnot, that are classics that have their misogyny attached He's to them. Truly awful. This is He's a, a really this bad is person. this is the worst case example, and it's not to excuse the other films for what they contain, but this is an example of like this is about this is like the there's worst. No, there's nothing that he's he does throughout the course of the film. That make you empathetic towards him or his relationship. Yeah, with things Angela. really redeemable. I think no it redeemable can't qualities. be like, oh my god, I'm so excited they're getting together at the end. Yeah, no, I want his face in the fucking dirt. This, <laughs> so, would you say that this is a better example of like for all the style and substance you can throw at the wall? If you don't have characters that you can relate to, then it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. You need empathy. Yeah. How am I going to buy this entire fucking story with all these feathers and glitter and pasties <laughs> mm-hmm. and all this bullshit? Yep. yep. I don't like any of the characters. That's how I felt about Rock of Ages. I'm just like, I care nothing about these people. <laughs> oh, I would agree. Yeah. And so uh, the the legacy of this film as it stands, what do you think the Ma- Le- Madam Satan legacy is? I'm curious what you think it is. I mean, it can't be that great because yeah, I, I was never gonna heard say, of we it. We never heard of it. And we've got a Do you pretty think extensive... it has any legacy to, to I be I think upheld? it should be. I think it should be brought back. I thought this was a spectacular watch, even though I hate all the fucking main characters. Everybody's a trash human in this, but the the it was it was a spectacle. And I do love a spectacle, and so do the gays. Why aren't the gays holding this movie up on a pedestal right now? Why Jimmy. Why isn't this on a midnight... This is a drive-in movie, man. This is a midnight movie. I agree. Mm-hmm. This is. It's not to say that this is as bad as The Room, because The, the Room is no. pretty fucking bad. No. Um, but this is like one of those films of like, yeah, it didn't do well. It's, it's like Cats. It's yeah. like Cats doing those rowdy screenings right yeah. now. We need Madam Satan rowdy screenings. Yeah. Where you can yell at boob, sympathize yeah. with Jimmy's Jimmy's uh closeted plight. Yeah. And you can <laughs> and you can uh embrace the madness. You can come dressed up as clocks. You can come dressed up as Madam Satan. 
It can be Rocky Horror. Oh, totally. But for Golden Age Hollywood. bags of like Lucky Charms, but just the ra- little rainbows. Make <laughs> <laughs> at Jimmy, like the hot dogs at Rocky Horror. Oh my Horror. God. But stop throwing hot dogs at Rocky Horror. That shit's messy. I always thought that was gross. That shit's messed up. No. If it, I get hit with a hot dog too, I'm going to be pissed. Spoons are fine at the room, but hot dogs, no. Don't do that in the Rocky Horror. I, yeah, no, I went to a, hot, a Rocky Horror one where they were throwing hot dogs and they had like tarps down and Jeez. things got real wet. That's nuts. Real nasty. Um, Well, I'd say that the legacy of this film has to do with actually kind of um, humanizing DeMille a little bit. Because DeMille is considered this god of filmmaking with these grand epics. Are you saying this is knocking him down a peg, so to to speak? I think it is, because ultimately, I think it's a lesson for him about the need for a strong story going down the line. Yeah. I'm certainly, because the Ten Commandments, it's a biblical epic, but it's a good story. It's a it's one of the oldest stories in the book, <laughs> literally. And uh, or, um, or some of the war films that he made uh, in during World War II, like like he made one of a true life story with Gregory Peck attached to it. Mm. Um, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah uh, has has that uh, has that tinge of like interest about it, and, and that's also compounded by Demille's mm. taste for the lustful. You know this you need to have fun with these characters and I don't have fun with these characters. I do not. I enjoy laughing at them, but I don't laugh with, with them. them. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. So I think it is an example of like, even the world's most towering icon when it comes to directors hit some stumbling blocks. No director's filmography is perfect. Yeah. Except Martin Scorsese nah. and the Coen brothers. Those three never made bad movies. I'm ever. giving big eye rolls. You, that's fine. Not everyone has, a, I feel like there are a couple of Scorsese movies. I wouldn't say. Are. It, it, you know what? It's totally fine. It's totally fine. I'm just, he's I'll, just a man. I, I understand. He's just a, man. just a man. So was Cecil B. DeMille. He's just a man living on a blimp, looking for a good time. <laughs> Scorsese or DeMille? <laughs> 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 I'm on a blimp. Higher, higher, higher. Oh my God. Where's the coat? Where's the coat? CB, pass it on. What do you think of you remaking Madam Satan, Marty? I could do it. I could do it. I could totally do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> this is him in the 80s. Um, now, uh, to wrap it all up, though, um, uh, would you recommend people see Madam Satan immediately or uh, super so immediately? This, this movie, I would say. Uh, piggybacking what i just said about it being a like a drive-in movie this is a late night movie this is a movie you get together with your friends like the room get stoned or yeah you could take some edibles maybe have a couple drinks you get real fucking comfortable with your friends and then you laugh and And then you have a zeppelin or experience this i don't think there's any preface you can have for this movie no but there's no satan i'm sorry Sort of Satan. There is no. there is no Satan, only Madam Satan. Only Madam Satan and her side boob. Yes. And she was a thrill to watch. Maybe her side Delightful. boob is maybe yes. her side boob is Satan. The side boob this is Satan. Side Satan. boobs are Satan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whereas side dick is God. <laughs> <laughs> Said the man. <laughs> yeah. Said me, Jimmy, the only relatable character in the movie. Oh, yeah, my so God. True. On that note, thank you very much, thank ladies, you. for thank sitting you. down for not so much a, 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 high, a highfalutin discussion and more of a chaotic discussion surrounding 
quite a pre-code era entry. I was like, it was a chaotic discussion for a chaotic movie. Yes, yes exactly. And I couldn't think of two better guests to come aboard and bring some chaos to the Ballyhoo yeah. in that respect. Really quickly, let people know about the required viewing world. We don't want something to watch. We want required viewing. Tell us about it. Um, I mean, we talked about it at the top of the hour, yeah. I guess. But remind them we're in uh, remind we're in them Mary movie miss right now we're doing our spooky spectacular which will then lead we're into coming a, yeah yeah like ex- christmas extravaganza with the tiny little thanksgiving special did you know there's like no thanksgiving movies there well isn't. home for the holidays we're watching that okay That's we're watching that one. but we've got to like that we've got to like space them out just watch like, the just watch the trailer for thanksgiving from grindhouse a bunch okay, <laughs> okay. add it to the um, list and then we're going to kick off next year with Pass to Get Cast. Like I said, at the top, we're working on some stuff under the table that hopefully we can announce within but the over next the table of months. And then over the table, over our tatas. We're going to have <laughs> can, t-shirts Can and I all be a part of, of your stuff. secret endeavors? I know oh, how to keep 100%, one. 100%. As long as you're not Al Jolson. Yeah. What? Wait, you don't want me involved Al in your Jolson work? Al Jolson in a Jimmy costume. No, thank you. Why? Why? I thought this Jimmy costume was perfect. <laughs> uh, so you can come check out our podcast on all the things. You could also come check out our merch store and our website and check out all the wonderful guests we've had, including yours truly, Zach Eastman. And that's required. Fuck that asshole. <laughs> and that's requiredviewingpodcast.com. Correct. Yeah. RequiredViewingPodcast.com. Check them out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever get you podcasts. Instagram for a giggle. You can check them out on the radio. They're they're on there. Or even on the TikToks. Yeah. But we don't pay attention to it much because I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok. Uh, Well. But we're on it. You know, TikTok on the clock. Okay. Party don't stop. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Um, thank you very much, ladies. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Yesteryear Bally fucking batshit who review. Isn't it the start of Bally Boo? No, Bally oh. Boo will have already ended at this point. This one oh, will be coming right. in August. But. People can go back and listen to your Ballyboo entry where you talk about Creature from the Black Lagoon. So this comes at the tail end of Ballyboo. Yes, it's coming out pretty uh, pretty close after. I'd say that's a good bummer to end spooky season on before you go into Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but coming up on the program, though, we are going to be getting Walden Hughes back to talk about the Lux Radio Theater episode of It's a Wonderful Life, where Jimmy Stewart reprises his most famous role. We'll work on getting the film covered in that respect, get some holidays infused into the Ballyhoo. Um, but Tyler Maybe is coming back to continue Marx Brothers talk with A Night at the Opera, A Day at the Races, and Room Service. Will he call me, baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might show up, maybe. He may show up. I'm going to tell him you said that joke now. <laughs> Um, call me by your name, maybe. <laughs> uh, now, uh, and then also, additionally, Rashmi Menenon will be returning uh, to talk more about Kurosawa and Japanese cinema. Those discussions Neat. are in the looks. And Nate Runkle will return to bring some new wave into the world with a little bit of Godard and a little Truffaut. We've been working that okay. out, so stay tuned for that. We're gonna get we're gonna get into the groundbreakers and the movers and the shakers. Okay. Um, but also, we've got other things coming up in the works, so stay tuned for a lot more. But until then, and until next time, folks. 
Good night. And remember, next time you feel down and low, just sit back and remember, you could be on a careaming Zeppelin full of chaos and orgy. Or you could just listen to the Required Viewing Podcast and feel way better. Yes, exactly. Listen to the Required Viewing Podcast. But until all of that, until next time, folks, good night. Good night. This concludes tonight's episode of Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Ballyhoo Review and on Instagram at Ballyhoo Review Pod. Our theme was composed by Matty Ghost. Be sure to check out more of his music on Twitch. Our announcer was Henry Jarvis. Look for him on the Real Nerds Podcast. This is Zach signing off. Stay tuned for Jack Benny, who follows immediately after station identification. Thank you.